Last summer's Twister introduced millions to a man they've actually known for a while. Main bus A Underbolt. Houston, we have a main bus A Underbolt now, too. Uh, it's reading 25 and a half. Bill Paxton was in Apollo 13, remember? We're going down there now. What are we going to do? He was in the very underrated tombstone as well. Bill was maybe a little unrecognizable in True Lies, but he was there. And rolling now. Bill Paxton is one of Hollywood's everyman leading men. Not flashy, not a De Niro, but likable, and if nothing else, versatile. It's been kind of crazy. I had an opportunity to kind of make a lot of money uh, with a couple of quick paydays. But they were scripts that really weren't of the caliber of Apollo or Twister. And uh, I thought this is the time to go back and do a great independent film, something that's a real good acting vehicle. I knew when Twister came out, we weren't going to, me and Helen, they weren't going to talk about us much. We were going to kind of get short shrift because of the, well, the acting, that's okay. But the tornadoes are great. The flying cow is really cool. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to deflect that bullet. I'm going to go out and do a real great acting piece. Isn't acting kind of a goofy job yeah. for a grown man to have, <laughs> yeah, really? It is. If you take it too seriously, you're screwed. But uh, <laughs> I think if you take it with a you know a grain of salt and not get too worried. Well, the trouble with being in my situation right now is I've gotten to a certain level with Twister and Apollo, and now it's like, well, what are you going to do next? It better be the right thing. And that kind of stuff gets to be aggravating. I think you just need to have faith and keep doing what you do, and, and hopefully you get better at it, and uh, you'll get these opportunities. So that was it. Oh, yeah. So you, you saw it? I did. It's awesome. I loved it. 
And I remembered most of that. Yeah. You know. I, I, that, that I, thing, I, I, I didn't remember the blimp. No. No? That, we, that, that dinner at the end was bizarre. Oh, yeah. I didn't like the way it was shot. Is I think my biggest problem. It was shot like dinner for three. The, yeah. The angles on it were terrible. Yeah. I didn't I, I didn't think they were flattering either. I one just... Did you guys see it? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I haven't seen it. It's it's a really excellent documentary. It's on Netflix, I think, because Thirty for Thirty has a deal. Already, with, yeah, Thirty for Thirty has a deal with Netflix, where basically as soon as they drop one, they throw they they throw it on a Netflix. So, uh, expect, and if you haven't, please see OJ Made in America. I will. I um, am going to see amazing. it. That's that's up for the Oscar. Yeah, and I mean, granted, it's a seven hour doc. I don't care, but it is. I could watch a seven hour doc. The the best parts are the from the trial on. Because to see what happens to OJ after is really good. After he won the case? Right. Um, so the, in the XFL thing, they're talking about restarting the league yeah. at the end. And he's like, oh, well, we'll have to use our own money. And like, oh, we could do that. No, don't do this. I think that was done just to, have, just, to, just to be have cute. Fun. Yeah, I don't think All they right, really do it. I don't think that, they That train has sailed. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I felt like it was a little bit of a, a WWE documentary because it it was really good about shining up Eversol and McMahon and somehow turning, you know, Bob Costas into a, a supervillain, which was kind of cool. And it, I felt like the the way that it was presented too. Do you remember what was was the uh, name of the documentary? Was it Electric Boogaloo about the the guys that would make them essentially go sell the movies based on a poster and then make the movies after they got the funding. Yes. Because that's how the XFL was. Yeah. It was just like, Oh, we're going to do this. Well, oh, cool. What do you got? I got nothing. <laughs> By the way, this is the new blood rising podcast. Oh, part, of, <laughs> part of the questionable <laughs> endeavor network. Uh, welcome to uh, our episode about anarchy rules. 99. We're part of season three of ECW looking at, all of ECW's pay-per-views from start to finish. And as we said, Anarchy Rules 99 is where we're at. I'm William Rinkin, joined by Jason Keesler. Hey, folks. No format here. <laughs> Charlie Stabile. I thought the Bob Costas thing was a work. <laughs> it, I always thought that was a work until I saw the doc. Hi, folks. How you doing? And Martin Dixon. We have an office. <laughs> we have an office. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Um, so hey, not a work. It's so weird because, like, I, I'll because tell you, Costas here, here, brings up dead wrestlers, right? Yeah, in that interview, and they didn't show that, but like, and then, or is that? Or am I thinking of a different interview when he slaps the the, the well, thing? He slaps the thing out of him in that, or he slaps the thing out of his hand in that interview. I'm pretty sure. Is that right, guys? Isn't that right? I don't know. It's been forever, I, it, so well, we have to get the internet correct us there. But um, what I was gonna say, if you haven't heard, listen to Charlie er- Ebersol's. Uh, podcast with Jericho in addition to watching it because his stuff on it like even just listening to him is excellent because he's the one who drops the story about White Castle at 3 a.m. during Saturday night's main event where Andre and Hogan show up in their wrestling gear because they're hungry to get food and like (laughs) literally is that super loco and and seriously (laughs) like people like all like we're in awe that here are these guys they're in their wrestling gear coming in to get White Castle Hamburgers. I think Andre ordered seventy four. By the way, how could Hogan yeah. eat that shit and be in the shape um, that he was in? 
Because man, exactly. he was pumping in, uh, <laughs> pumping in some help. You know the the just for with the XFL before we wrap that up the the story about the gas generators and they're like wow. trying to figure it out. I think Vince, I think Vince told his guys to do that because then he knew that that would put them behind and they would cut to the other game too. It would stall the game out. It would stall SNL. It would get people talking. That sounds like a told Vince thing to do. It could be, yeah. I love his camera guy, Bubba. Like, hell no, oh, man. Yeah. I ain't going to do this. <laughs> you want cameramen on the field? Like, are you out of your mind? That's you extreme. Pay anymore, right? But The guy uh, was salty, too. He's like, oh, even though he didn't do it, it's still called the Bubba Cam. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it definitely. It was a get... glorious failure. I, I loved the XFL in the beginning. <laughs> you know? Like, when they show the crowd for that final game, and it's a stadium, and it looks like maybe 3,500 people are there. Man, that was bad. And not to mention the fact that the, the, that game was terrible. Yeah, yeah. I I knew like I knew before coming into them like they're going to do this just like the USFL doc, which is funny. The one with Trump in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so weird to watch that now. Just to think like I can't watch Home Alone too the same. But um, the US, the documentary about um, small potatoes who killed the USFL is the, the the overriding thing at the end is how much the NFL still took from the USFL and adopted into their own games. The same and thing they did with the, the XFL. So it's the yep. same. In a lot of ways, it's the, it's a very similar movie. I think the USFL one is overall done a little bit better. The one thing I love about the XFL one though is that the editing is relentless. It is pump. Boom, 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 boom. Like the XFL. It, it does not, it doesn't give you room to, it does, it, it's like it's giving you exposition along the way. It doesn't stop to like, okay, let's, let's talk about what the World Wrestling Federation was. No, we're going to get right into this shit right from the get-go. And I was like, all right, cool, right on. I did like the, the, the one critique of the people were upset. Like, a lot, I remember this growing up during that time period that a lot of people that I knew that were wrestling fans didn't know what the XFL was going to be. Like, a lot of them were under this uh, assumption that it was going to be the the wrestlers playing football, yeah, you know, stuff like that. And I was like, "What are you stupid?" And like, no. And then then they actually a guy uh, that was being interviewed said almost the same thing, where he said there were some people I truly believe were expecting murder, you know, with <laughs> with, with the way that they promoted it, like with with no fair catch and that that <clears throat> what is a it, wrecking a, ball, a wrecking ball, like just knocking that football player down. Yeah, a minefield yeah. that you're, you're <laughs> the minefield. It's it's. <laughs> Oh God! Let's just show the let's just show the opening bit of Last Boy Scout and then call it a season. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's it, it, man. That's no, it. that's it. Yep. That's that's a perfect way to surmise. Man, what the hell are you talking about, Jimmy? What's his name? Jimmy Dix. Jimmy? No, well, no, no. Who's the guy? Who's the guy who kills himself in the beginning? It's um. Oh, it's Billy Blank. Billy? No, no. Well, yeah, but the oh, his football. The, 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 the um. Cole. Ty Bo Billy Blanks? Cole. It's, um, yeah. Billy Cole. Billy, Billy Cole. Cole's having the game of his life, Lynn. What game are you watching? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> remember showing that trailer in the theater at, yes. at Russell House? I remember the people reaction of people. People, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> like, man, the 80s weren't quite done until about 1994. No. No, no, they really weren't. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this. We left off with Heat Wave 99 last show, and... Uh, we saw the iconic kind of. Uh, we saw an iconic part of ECW leave. We're going to be getting the same thing here. This is kind of a transitional show. It is. Uh, this. This is a man. This show's got some interesting stuff on it. It oh, yeah. really does. This is a. It, it's like you said, though. It is definitely a. We're passing the torch. Right. To another era. And this is the ECW that I think of. Yeah. It, uh, the people. 
the shows going forward, like, oh, that was ECW to me. You know, kind of like how, for the longest time, when I thought of WWF, I thought of New Gen. Yeah. Because that was what I got into in the beginning, you know. Uh, probably the best wrestling city, I still think, in the world. Chicago, Illinois. We're actually, technically, though, in Villa Park, Illinois, at the Odeum. 6,000 people. It's a big wow. house. Biggest house they've ever had. And even though, like, and so this is something I find weird. I've looked this up. I, I, I'm, I'm, this is, they make a note of saying this pay-per-view is being shown in Canada for the first time. Which is really cool. The buy rate is still 0.23. Really? So it's lower than it was for I bought this one, too. So I'm curious about that number. But that, That's really strange, too. This is also the, the first post-TNN pay-per-view. Yeah, that's right. Well, now th- this is a wrestling promotion with a national television deal that's yeah. putting on a wrestling pay-per-view during one of the hottest years in all of wrestling. So a .23? Yeah, .23. So um, I'm definitely going to – I'm definitely curious about the about that. We uh, I thought – I was a little confused because the version that we watched had the super duper excitable edit. I was like, Jesus, that TV money went in quick. Oh, yeah. And for, all right. So Sean Long's edits are so all along we've been watching. I picked up on it immediately. Yeah, the Sean yeah. Long edits I, were so gracious then for getting us the real authentic ECW shows versus watching them on the network. This one is from Pioneer. This is, yeah, that opening Pioneer video where they do like the disco version of the ECW theme. I was like, Oh, this is the Pioneer copy. So one thing that we're not going to have are entrances. entrances. Yeah. So that's kind of a bummer. But, but I'm still willing to bet this is a far more uncut version of whatever's on the network. Right. Oh, right. God, the yeah. quality is incredible. Oh, it looks like a, the best-looking VHS tape I've ever seen. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we have a dark match. <laughs> Danny Doring and Roadkill with now the named Miss Congeniality beat C.W. Anderson and Billy Wiles. All right, so we open the show proper, though, with Joey and Cyrus in the ring. Both of them now. Cyrus puts himself over as the best commentator, color commentator in the business. Joey works the title in for a bit himself. I love that bit, though. Yeah, I, I always love the way he said it, and I screamed it right back at the TV because I fucking love this show. It's good. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, anarchy rules. And on top of that, we have a... a if you're going to have a singles open a match, like it's a good one to start with. Jerry Lynn, Lance Storm. So let's get into how we got there, courtesy of Colin Duff and his awesome work, going behind the scenes, looking at what happened on the TVs leading up to this show. August 2nd, this is Hardcore TV from the ECW Arena. The Impact players attack Jerry Lynn with cane shots following his victory over Jason. Later in the show, Lynn attacks Just Incredible during his match with Devon Dudley. Though Storm quickly arrives to beat down Jerry, or beat down Jerry Lynn. This sets up a six-man dream tag team partner match of the Dudley Boys and Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn. Just incredible, and giant Kamala too. Yes, someone else what? is doing the Kamala gimmick. <laughs> this match isn't shown on TV as you have to buy buy the home video, but we do see the Porsche when RVD and Lynn were wrestling each other in the finish of Credible, pinning Bubba after multiple cane shots. September 3rd, ECW on TNN. Jerry Lynn challenges Rob Van Dam to a match for the television championship. Fonzie comes out and rejects Lynn's challenge and slaps Lynn. When Lynn retaliates, RVD attacks from behind until they are pulled apart by refs. September 10th, ECW on TNN. Jerry Lynn versus Rob Van Dam for the TV championship goes to a non-contest when the Impact players attack. Storm hits Lynn with a cradle pile driver, and Credible hits RVD with That's Incredible at the same time. Incredible hits RVD with the five-star frog splash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to get used to this. A rematch of Lynn versus RVD is announced for next week. September 17th, ECW on TNN. An ambulance was shown a few times throughout the show due to a wrestler being attacked in the locker room. 
They announced that Jerry Lynn was in the ambulance following attacks by the Impact players when Landstorm enters the ring for a TV championship match. The TV championship match between Landstorm and Rob Van Dam went to a no contest when Just Incredible ran in, attacked a ref with a cane before attacking. <laughs> <laughs> Insert cane and attack. Before attacking RVD. <laughs> Jerry Lynn with tatted up with tatted ta- 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 up Jerry ribs. Lynn? <laughs> no, with taped up ribs. Oh. Runs in to make runs in to make the save but is quickly attacked by Johnny Smith. Earlier on the show, in a non-televised match, Smith beat Guido. Once the... <laughs> Smith Hart? <Yeah>. Once, the... <laughs> Once the Impact players leave, RVD challenges Lynn to have their scheduled match. Rob Van Dam beat Jerry Lynn with a fan daminator to retain the TV championship. Post-match, they shake hands. I thought this is the match that Charlie or Jason mentioned on the it Hardcore the Heaven match. show as Len's ribs are taped, but the Impact players aren't involved in the match itself. This At is the ECW Arena match? This, I, I think so. But it was on TNN. Yeah. Yeah, that's the best match they put on the show. <laughs> At the end of the show, Jerry Lynn versus Lance Storm is announced for the pay-per-view. So, now getting into Anarchy Rules here. This is the first time we've heard this, the first mention we get of the show being broadcast in Canada. Get a lot of tremendous reversals early, early on. Each guy has the advantage for a small period of time. Not a lot of signatures early on, but plenty of athletic prowess. Um, Jerry Lynn gets the advantage after a dive from the top rope to the outside, followed by a missile drop kick. Lance brings a chair into the ring after a couple of near falls. Don Marie breaks up a count after Sunset Flip Bridge. What is she wearing? Yeah. It, oh, my <laughs> goodness. Lynn avoids the chair shot in the corner but slides into the pole and oh right God. into his bruised ribs. How cool does Jerry Lynn look with taped ribs? I almost felt like this is like yeah. something we see forever on yeah. with him, like DDP. Right. It's like, yeah, right. he's, he's it's, the new DDP. It's yeah. alternate costume, too. Um, Lance, es- Lance escapes an inverted DDT, but Lynn counters into a stunner for a near fall. Magnificent top rope her and Kenrana for another uh, near fall, but Lynn is really starting to favor the ribs. Lance is able to lock in a cradle after a grapevine and get the three count. Lance kind of gets a, it seems anticlimactic, but he gets the win. Um, it's a great opener. It's a very good. Yeah. Do, do you think this is the opener because of the Canada thing? Like, normally this would not be the opener. That's a good point. I didn't think of that. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and just say yes for well, a time. Mean, it's just weird. We've never had a match like this. Be the yeah. opening match. If you don't mm-hmm. count the world title match that happened with Taz. So, so, <laughs> so the, the thing I really want to bat around to you guys, starting with Jason here, is the ending kind of comes out of nowhere, but I think it makes sense based on the pull shot that he takes when he slides into it. It just looks horrific. It's perfect booking. Did, did you, Jason, what did you think of it? What did you rate it? Well, the, the ending being a, a, how Joey called it, a three-quarter Nelson roll-up. Was just it's it's more ECW like every balls out and then simplistic wrestling moves win, um, which I think is something with these two it makes sense. It's just going to be something that's going to catch somebody off. Um, this was a perfect like you know we we've always said you either got to have like kick ass music or something to get these people going. And if this was going to be the rest of the show the whole night, this would have been probably the best pay per view we've we've watched so far. Um, period. Out of all of our runs. Um, I like that we, something you mentioned last time where Don Marie is getting a really good grasp of, of part of what she should do. When she throws the chair at the ref to break up the pinfall, the ref turns and looks at her. She tries to blame the fans. They <laughs> threw it. She starts screaming, they threw it. And uh, I don't know what she was wearing either, Charlie, but 
that guy, that cameraman that's decided to give us a three-quarter panty shot. Did he know? Was trying to figure it out for all of us. <laughs> well, Joey Styles and was it Joey or Cyrus that were just like, yeah, this is a real good shot. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was Joey. It was Joey. Oh, yeah. good for that cameraman. Um, Not all capes were yeah, heroes. Cam- <laughs> He's like, this is going in the private stash. Um, overall, I mean, like this match, right off the gate, I'm going to give this an eight because these guys went nice. balls out and – Good storytelling with that. I mean, that slide into the ring post looked horrible. Yeah. Not in like, it looked shitty, but like, that looked like it hurt. So, good on them. Martin, how about you? I loved, loved this to bits. Um, everything made sense. Even the, like Jason was saying, the, the, the roll-up finish, where the roll-up is perhaps the most powerful wrestling move ever. <laughs> Very few people kick out of. But yeah, everything everything made a whole ton of sense. The spill into the post looked phenomenally painful, um, and this was just a hell of a way to kick off, kick off a show. So yeah, this is this is as, as eight as an eight can get. Charlie, how about you? This is the best match on the card, easily, uh, and it's oh <clears throat> yeah, he's hot coming in hot. <laughs> uh, I I didn't know the block. I didn't remember how much I liked this match, and this wasn't my favorite before I saw the pay per view. But, oh, it certainly is now, and it's it's a matter of booking and commentary. The commentary is so good here with Joey Styles and Cyrus, because I like how they can they can kind of banter with each other without fully taking the attention away from the match. Like, I think he gives Cyrus <laughs> shit about something. And Cyrus goes, Sorry to interrupt, but Cyrus has the line of the show in this opening match where he says, I get paid to work six yes, times a year. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, I get paid. That's why they pay me to work six times a year, Joey. Because that's how much people value my opinion. Wow. Damn. And then... Is this... Go ahead. Sorry, Charlie. Oh, I was just going to say, another line that he has that is just phenomenal is, is they're talking about Don Marie's breasts, you know, like, oh, do you think, you know, do you think those are really, think that's a real pair? And Cyrus goes, huh, we're a real pair. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. The, um, is it this match or is it later on? Because this match during the 15 million roll-up attempts that gets the ref out of breath um, segment... Where Joey's calling something, it's like a, it might not be this, but it's just a testament to their just their chemistry. And Joey's calling like all these fantastic moves. It's like a good two and a half minutes where Joey doesn't stop, and Cyrus just goes, "That's a great sequence right there." And Joey <laughs> goes, "Go to Paul Man." He goes, "I'm going to say all that. And you're just going to chime in with that." And I think he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." And you got to get it. You got to get. I have new appreciation for Cyrus because I I always been under the impression that people thought he was a. A terrible announcer. Oh, God. God knows how or why, but I love him. Yeah. You got to give uh, Joey credit, too, for calling all these moves and consistently talking, and he is on the verge of losing his voice. Yeah. And yeah. by the end of the night. Oh, he's he's, he's pretty much of... gone, but not like Michael Cole, like the way he holds on. Um, my only problem with the match is this stupid moment where Lynn gets knocked down, and so does Storm, and Storm's leg is on top of Lynn, and... You can see the fans yelling, and the ref goes, oh, and the ref starts counting. And then Joey and Cyrus chastise the ref for not counting. The ref should have never counted in the first place because Storm's shoulders were on the ground. Right. They're both down. They're so. both down. Yep. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a cover if Storm's shoulders aren't on the ground. Right. So, like, that part I thought sucked. But starting with when Lynn went into the post, it, that was perfect. Yeah. Because that's, that's because I remember, like, right when I was like, this is why he's going to lose the match. It told a great story. He looked legit hurt, too. Right. And, and he I don't know if he was selling it or just really 
or really hurt, but he was doing such a good job of working it. I absolutely love this match. I love the three-quarter Nelson pin. Like, it, it made sense. Jerry just didn't have the energy to kick out because of his ribs. This is a nine. Okay. Easily. What about you? What Seven. You Seven for me, yep. 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 No, I, 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 but I liked it. I did. I, I, I'm also trying to like, there, there's so many good matches that we're coming, we, we've seen and that we're going to be seeing. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be split hairs now in a lot of ways. But uh, I don't have any complaints about the match whatsoever. But uh, we get a brief banter now between Joey and Cyrus before we go to Simon Diamond in the ring, who tells us. I forgot all about him. He tells us he has a problem, so he needs a he needs a partner. So to back up, let's let's go through some of this TV stuff here. As Colin tells us here, August fourteenth, Hardcore TV from the ECW Arena. Simon Diamond makes his TV debut. He needs a tag team partner for his match and asks for someone from the back. Super Crazy comes out to accept, but as he doesn't speak English, he doesn't get the rules of Diamond. Simon says gimmick. Chris Chetty and Nova beat Simon Diamond and Super Crazy when Diamond was pinned with the tidal wave. Oh, that's right. That's the name of the move. Nice. I forgot that. Crazy attacked Diamond during the match and was in the process of being on the top rope to hit the third of the trifecta moonsaults on Diamond when the pinfall happened. (laughs) August 21st, Hardcore TV. Rhino beat Tom Marquez with a nasty-looking set-out pile driver. Backstage, Jason asks Rhino to take out Jazz for him. Carino says he'll do the job for him once Jason hands him cash. Just to know this will be covered later on in the Tag Team Championship notes. August 26th, <laughs> Hardcore TV promo by Danny Doring. Roadkill and Angelico is revealed to now be Miss Congeniality. September 4th here, Hardcore TV, Uganda, formerly Kamala 2. <laughs> they call him Uganda now? <laughs> We gave him half of his nickname. <laughs> yeah. Beat Tom Marquez with a somersault senton splash. September 11th, Hardcore TV, Danny Doring, Roadkill, and Miss Congeniality beat Nova, Chris Chetty, and Jazz when Congeniality pinned Jazz following a top rope leg drop by Roadkill. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Congeniality would wrestle Chetty in the match, but would run from the ring when Jazz entered. Prior to the match, Doring said if his team lost... He would shave his head and split up his team. Okay, so now picking up. Yeah. So, Simon Diamond's in the ring again, and once again, he needs a tag team partner here at Anarchy Rules. He picks one of the guys from the House of Hardcore, but stops him before he can enter the ring. Why? Because he didn't say Simon Says. Brilliant. (laughs) This is a... This is a great way to get over. No bullshit. Like, this is really clever. I'm going to take something that already exists. Everyone knows what this is, but nobody uses it in promos. Like, it's really good. Although, I do love when Simon Diamond is trying to get Arquez into the ring, and he goes, there are millions and millions of people watching around the world. And like you said, a point two three by But But after he says that, Arquez goes, yeah. yeah you know what? You're right. <laughs> So now Jazz comes out, but he it's says, Jazz! It's- <laughs> <laughs> He's back! Particularly with the harsh edit of this version, she's just, she is just literally there. Or as Simon calls her, Toots, and <laughs> says that he doesn't want her flat chested ghetto booty. And this says, is getting dangerous. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> said, Tom Marquez, the House of Hardcore graduate, attacks her. He has the worst reaction ever when she grabs his crotch. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's kind of dumb. And he doesn't understand how to sell it. 
<laughs> Jazz then hits an X Factor, but Tony DeVito. <laughs> Every time I, I'm laughing because I think of Danny DeVito being in the band. <laughs> Is it just a picture of him from It's Always Sunny where he's in the Andre the Giant onesie standing in the middle of the wrestling ring? Terrible. Yep. Penguin's a great gimmick. Uh, and, uh, but Tony DeVito and Simon break it up and double team her when Chetty and Nova make the save. Um, so now we finally are kind of, I guess we're into our match, Nova and Chetty versus, I, I put Diamond, DeVito, and... Are we what, not what counting we? Tom Marquez versus Jazz? Oh, is that, is that technically <laughs> I think that I thought that was a match. Um, I didn't write a rating for it, so it must have been pretty quick. <laughs> was there a bell? Well... There's a bell or not. Because all I remember is just laughing that bloated Jimmy Smiths was going to fight Taz. I think that guy, I was looking, I was like, Jesus, is that Jimmy? Like, oh, no, it's just close. I think Jazz and, pinned Arquez. Yeah, this is a clusterfuck for oh, the next, this, like, ten this, minutes. Well, this is the worst it, part it, of the it, show, man. Well, and this gets worse because Chris Chetty gets injured badly. Like, and I and the only notes I could find on it, because it seems like it's his knee, but I, I there was one forum post I saw that was his back. And this sidelines him for a while. Like, he is out for a long period of time, which is a bummer because he had a little momentum. this tag team is great to watch. Yep. They're a lot of fun to watch. But uh, this thing just it, – it derails badly because also because uh, we've got um, the the botch here. Oh, when when poor poor Danny DeVito botches here. Oh, God. That, oh, now I know who – okay, because I'm like, okay, which guy is he this? Bo- well, for one thing, he looks like an idiot. He's he, a moron. He just looks – just like, <laughs> dude, put a shirt on. <laughs> put a shirt. He yeah. Needs, yeah, put a shirt on, pal. What was the movie botched? He, he um, it was a uh, basic a, move, a, wasn't it? A power bomb yeah. thing. Was it Irinagi? I thought. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, it, it, I like that the fans let him know how much he sucks. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, Roadkill and Doring make their way to the ring and attack everybody. Doing that, I mean. uh... Dorian looks. I broke. Dorian looks like he's a Heart Foundation member gone rogue. <laughs> Even Jazz isn't immune to the attack and eats a heart attack, which it is a heart attack. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. The coup de grace is when Roadkill wants to hit the big splash, but then like a ton. I just. I, I know one of them's Vito, and I know these guys have names, but I just wrote ton of flunkies come out. Yeah, and, and that's he's still a flunky. Let's <laughs> not make him out to be something he wasn't. I will, I will say this before you get on to what happens next. Suddenly, Jazz immediately foot bustering later at WrestleMania 18 makes a fuck ton of sense now. Oh <laughs> yeah, uh, man, long, Martin. Uh, yeah, that's a season two pull, man. God dang. Oh. God dang. Nice all right. Pull. So I mean, it, all this shit is just it's. We have just have all the shenanigans and in the ring. What so, could fix this? What could? What? What? What, uh, what other shit could we pile onto this? So New well, Jack comes out. New Jack's like, "Oh, this is perfect." <laughs> 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 just sat back and he just claps his hands together, going, "My time to shine." Yeah. Uh, he comes out with again the 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 cart full of shit. The Fisher King. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely kills everyone with the stiffest weapon shots I've ever seen. And then to add just a new layer to his repertoire, he breaks out the famed staple gun and, God damn it. and staples big bald fuck. Who is that? Was it DeVito? Was it DeVito? We don't know. Because actually, that's one guy. <laughs> that's one guy I wouldn't mind getting the staple oh, gun. This guy, I I feel horrible for this guy though. He gets three, doesn't he? Yes. 
Yeah. And, and he, I feel bad because Nova looks like he wants to come in and do something. And New Jack's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like you're like, oh, Nova just walks away. And I was like, all right. Uh, and if, and to add insult to injury, why not? The big bald fuck gets the uh, gets waffled by the guitar. So um, I like that every prop that New Jack has. He has to do a pantomime performance. Yeah, like it. he's like vaudeville all of a sudden. Yeah, like, like I can play guitar. I can I can vacuum. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah pull cue. Yeah, pull cue. Oh, oh, I I got billiard the, skills. <laughs> the pull cue bit would have been cool if he would have laid down and then like pull stroke the guy in, right in the, the nuts instead of just going. Well, I've got pull cue. Time to do the exact same thing I do with a golf club or anything else. That's a stick. He gets a computer keyboard. He d- apparently doesn't use home row. He, he no. does one key. He button. doesn't use home row. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Charlie broke out a middle school computer reference. That is right. awesome. <laughs> Got to use home row for your type yeah, test. That's right. <laughs> Just watching him do it like the. Oh, that's how we used to do the yeah, Peter Jennings. Say, does the Peter Jennings well, no, no, way? Type? Used, remember yeah. that's one of our old bits. Uh, Vince, that's how Vince McMahon writes stories yes. on a typewriter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so the segment from hell is thankfully over. Um, so Zero here's what I want to ask you guys: Do you guys want it like? Because we have this, and we have another one kind of later on here too. I have the tag, the tag title match. It's not really an official match. It's just one that kind of happens. And we, for whatever reason, have a referee that's out here for this. So I just kind of want to get a check from you guys. Do, do you, you want to rate that whole thing? Do you guys want to? Because I'll guarantee you this. If we rate this, it's going to kill all of our ratings. It, I guarantee you. Oh, I love this. I, no, I didn't. But it, <laughs> I, I think we probably should rate it because it actually takes up a significant portion of yeah. the first hour. Okay. okay. I can't believe I gave it this. I'm shocked after reading it, but I gave this three. I can't believe I gave it that much. I probably would uh, realistically. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna on the spot change it to two. I will. I will. It's probably gonna. I, I'm not gonna. Don't want to lose credibility. Well, that's that's that's, that's right. you're right. I know to the millions and millions of fans of it was at a three, and then New Jack came out. Right, so. and then it became a two. So I'm gonna give that two, Jason. Like comments on the spot on this um, this segment match, whatever you want to call it, in your rating from the second Simon Diamond came out. <laughs> Yeah, him just suddenly being there because of this cool edit. Um, I'm like, Charlie, the Simon Says thing is great. It's annoying, but yes. in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I want to just, I want to hate bad guys. I don't want to think they're kind of cool. Um, the misogynistic to, to Jazz is kind of weird because he's like, I need a partner for a tag team match. Here's Jazz. There's no tag team. Simon's not really in it. It's just fat, bald, fuck guy. Um, then here come Chetty and Nova, and then it just turns into Chetty, and it's like, here's Chetty and Nova against uh, Simon Dean and this other guy, and Jazz is suddenly just standing out ringside being a a valet. Um, I don't know, I'm giving this too much time. Shit happens, this sucks, one. Man. Shit happens, this sucks, one. Jason just did the scene of Fuckbuster from the top rope to this match. He did the top rope famouser. Yeah. He, he, he really did. I'd rather take a regular Famouser from Sal. I, I, honestly, I can't fault anyone for any ratings on this because this thing is such a wreck. And I feel bad because I think Chetty's injury, like, I feel yeah, like knows what the plan once was. he got injured, I think Paul just sent people out. Do we I know think. what the move was that did it? I'm not sure. Did any of you guys catch, like, because it's early on that he disappears. and I think it's just that he goes out the ring and lands wrong. 
It may have been, was he trying to moonsault? Maybe. But here's the thing about Chetty, and I hate saying this because it sounds like I don't like him, because I kind of do. I didn't even realize he wasn't even there until they put the camera on him, and he he was holding his leg. And I'm like, what the fuck happened to Chetty? It may have been a leg. I don't know. But anyway, Martin, how about you, man? Where do you put it? By virtue of C.W. Anderson being there. Yes! Who I I saw post ECW. Um, I think it was, was it Major I mean, League Wrestling? I, like an indie. Him and Carino and two other guys did like an extreme horseman gimmick. And I saw a bit of that and I really liked him. So by virtue of the, my first time seeing him, it's a two. That's a good... I didn't mean, I didn't mean to lump him into the flunkies. Now that I, I knew that was no, going to happen. No, it's all, it's all right. It's all I right. All it, it, at this point, he is. He I, is just cannon fodder for New I Jack. A friend of the show, John mm. Schuyler, has worked with the extreme horseman. I think mm. he has. Who is now in Ring of Honor. Oh, is that where he went to? He is in Ring of Honor now. Good place yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. So he's knocking on the doors of New Japan then, because they've got a working agreement. Yeah, yeah. Which I couldn't. Is be he, he going to be in the Bullet Club soon? He could be. <laughs> Everyone. Goes I to think the Bullet we're Club. in the Bullet Club. Because I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I'm going to expect my membership at some point. Yeah, I think we're going to get a card. In the I think Martin and Matthew Dixon are both in the Bullet Club. As a matter of fact. <laughs> 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 okay. Up next. Oh, did you give a... Did you, I did, did not. You, oh, sorry. I'm sitting right here. I'm, I'm, I'm the one keeping track I'm of the ratings. Right. What did you rate it? Oh, it's... That's a good pull from Martin. Uh, C.W. Anderson, uh, he has great stuff coming in ECW, so we're going to be privileged to see that. But other than that, yeah, this is terrible. Uh, this is a two. Simple so as that. This is what I feel bad about. Like I, I know. I feel like this is going to kill... Because this show is minutes, packed full of great stuff. Right. If it was five minutes, I, yeah. I wouldn't even bother rating it. But okay. this this took up a page. The tag... So are we? I guess we need to do it for the title, the tag title match later, too. We'll have to do... Well, I need to have my okay. memory refreshed. Right. Okay. So let's talk about... Up next, I'm so glad we're getting this match. Because I feel like we've been building for this for months. And it makes sense to finally do it on a pay-per-view. Tajiri. Little Guido. Super Crazy. A three-way dance. How did we get here? August 7th, Hardcore TV. Tajiri beat Little Guido via submission with a Texas Cloverleaf. Post-match, FBI member for the night, Tony... Isn't that Italian Cloverleaf? I, I, well, Tajiri's doing oh, it. Uh, oh, so a Japanese Cloverleaf. When do you think it would be... If, I think they'd go all the way and probably say it's the... Um, um, who's the... Damn it. Well, maybe it's... Japanese mob. What are they called? Oh, the uh, the yakuza. Yeah, it's the yakuza. Well, yeah, that's right because Texas is just a part of the United States, so like you know, the the Saganaki. It's the Okinawa. Yeah, the Okinawa. Yeah. That, that's, that's Pat Morita's move. Shut up, Miyagi. Miyagi. That motherfucker. Oh. Uh. No bonsai tree. Yeah. Um, FBI member of the night Tony DeVito attacks Big Sal with a chair to reveal he has been paid off by Steve Carino. August twenty sixth, Hardcore TV. Tajiri beats Super Crazy with a brainbuster. September 4th, Hardcore TV. Steve Carino turns on Tajiri after he failed to win the world championship from Taz. After Carino slaps Tajiri, Super Crazy comes out to back him up, but Tajiri lays out crazy with a kick uh, with a kick to wherever. I don't know. It was a swerve all along. Super Crazy beat Tajiri with a spiral powerbomb. September 10th, ECW on TNN. Super Crazy beat Rhino when he countered a powerbomb into a Hurricane Rana pin. Post-match, Rhino powerbomb crazy. September 17th, <laughs> ECW on TNN. The three-way dance between Tajiri, Crazy, and Little Guido is announced. And again, like the way this this undercard has been shaping out the last few months, this seemed like this was bound to happen. And we had heard last show when we were looking at Heatwave that they were doing these already on TV. So I am uh, I was so excited 
to see this match. And it didn't disappoint. It's a very, very solid match. Um, they did The one thing, we have all said this about triple threats. We've seen them in WCW and WWF through seasons one, season two. I hate triple threats where one guy has to act like they're in like unbelievable oh. pain so that two guys can work for a while. And then one guy subs out and they just kind of keep the train going. Same thing. This match avoids that. It seems like for the most part they avoid that cliche. So, um, all right. Tajiri drop kicks um, super crazy while in the camel clutch and then does the uh, drop kick the little Guido, which just looks – Why not? Yeah, exactly. Um, wicked moonsault from the apron to the floor by Tajiri, but then eats a power slam from Sal. Once again, liquefied. <laughs> Sal then powerbombs super crazy for good measure. Seen a fuckbuster from the top rope by little Guido. Uh, super crazy. It's a similar moonsault on the outside too. Super crazy. Dropped kicks out. He lands on his feet. What's that? Super crazy landed on his feet. Oh yeah. That's what's so cool about that. I love that he drop kicks Sal through it. That, that table spot. I love the commentary. The, the <laughs> table. Stand a chance. It could have been an aircraft carrier. <laughs> and it wouldn't have stood a chance. Ama- <laughs> There's an, uh, an amazing exchange where Super Crazy counters a sunset flip from the outside, but finds but it's it's countered into a tarantula. That sequence yes. where they're trying to do the yeah. sun. It's awesome. It's such a good thing. Um, the rolling surfboard by Super Crazy on Tajiri into a dragon sleeper. Mm-hmm. What a what a series of, of submissions. Sicilian yeah. crab, camel clutch combo. But oh, I love the commentary yeah, here. It's great. His both of his arms are tied up and he can't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably even, giving up. Even though they bragged about John Pee Wee Moore's multilingual abilities. <laughs> right. Is this where uh Cyrus tells Joey he's a cunning linguist? Yes. Yes, I yes so, it is. Yeah. I walked yeah. right into that. I like the. <laughs> I named the the that little combo. That's the Sicilian camel crab clutch. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <from> Okinawa. <laughs> Guido hits a kamikaze. It looked, uh, go ahead. Yeah, it looks painful as fuck. Yeah, it did. I think I think that's in the FMV intro to the first ECW game. Because that's the one I owned. I had oh, Hardcore okay. Revolution. Hardcore Revolution. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Guido hits a kamikaze and then eats a Tajiri kick. He avoids a super crazy kick in the T-O-W. Tree of Woe. That's it. I was like, why did I abbreviate? What is T-O-W? Toe. just But he does not avoid Tajiri's. And super crazy is then able to hit uh, a moonsault to el- eliminate little Guido. Uh, is now down to Tajiri and super crazy. Big Sal has I wrote he has a hard time leaving. <laughs> It's so funny when you watch him. He looks like he's... That table. <laughs> a, a tremendous set-out powerbomb by Super Crazy, then a tornado DDT by Tajiri. Super Crazy hits an inverted tornado DDT of his own. Tajiri avoids the trifecta and hits uh, a series of buzzsaw kicks along with his uh, brain buster to get the win. Tajiri picks up the win. Man. I, we'll talk about that tornado inverted DDT real quick. One thing I hate that commentators do is, well, what, well, well what's he going for here? You know, what's the, you know, what move is this? You know, goddamn well what move he's going for. We, if I do, you do. And Cyrus says, looks like he's going for a tornado type move. And it's like, oh, you know, Cyrus is a very intelligent commentator. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and he, and yep. I love. It's 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 the anti Michael Cole. I don't need my hand held the entire time I'm watching a wrestling match. Right. So and I appreciate that that they don't think that their fans are stupid. At can, least 
Keep That's it going, man. What do you think of this match overall? Balls out, man. Yeah. This is a great match. This might be the best three-way dance. We, no, it is. It is. It's the best three-way dance we've seen yet. Uh, I, to Jerry, I think this is where he truly comes into his own. Like, yeah, he had a world title match in the last show, but the match is, you know, it's okay. Yeah. And But he didn't get to do a whole lot. Right. To Jerry, it's amazing when you think about what he was doing when he first came to ECW and the, and the character and persona he gives off now. This is classic stuff, and, and, it's, and he's great. I love how quickly he was able to adapt to American wrestling. You know, with the Japanese stuff, it's always very, I guess, respectful is the word. Like, you know, they won't applaud until the end and stuff like that, and they don't play up to the audience very much. Tajiri knows how to get the audience yeah. going, knows what moves to do in the right order, I love this guy. Yeah. Always have, but like going back and looking at this, much more appreciation. I give this a nine. Nine. I gave it an eight. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I loved it as well. A lot of the same reasons. Jason, throwing it to you. Do you think did was Tajiri the right guy to win this? We've seen these three guys going at it, and honestly, at this point, any one of them really could have won it. Although, when you look at it in hindsight, it seems like Tajiri probably was the guy they were leaning had uh, was the favorite to win it. Did you did you mind Tajiri being the one to come out ahead? And what did you rate this? No, I think that's a good call. I mean, the guy did just have a World Heavyweight Championship match last pay-per-view. So I think him winning this and showing that he is the – he's like the, the guy to beat for that level of the card. Um, setting up and, and establishing his role there is perfect. Uh, I love the the just a lot of aspects of the match. Super Crazy's face takes a beating between yeah. Tajiri and Little Guido. <laughs> Yeah. Um, they are not fucking around. And this is going back to that, that awesome Chicago crowd. They go into a Diaz count without being prompted. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like, this I, is how I, I learned like, how to count in Spanish. I'm not a big fan of, huh? This is how I learned how to count to 10 in Spanish. Oh. This is the first time I yeah. ever heard that. You know, and um, it's, it's awesome. It's a great thing for Super Crazy. Yeah. And the, the, the crowd just goes into it. I'm not a big fan of 10 count spots. Right. But, that is just it, it was just like the crowd was just they cared about these guys for what they're doing, not because of some crazy convoluted story that was going on. Yeah. Um, the commentary really helped out a lot. I mean, like just as far as helping to tell the story, because you've got three very different styles. You got Tajiri, who is a striker, you got Super Crazy who's all over the place. Guido is a submission specialist. These guys just just bled together. I think part of why three weight like this match didn't fall into the trap of one wrestler taking a nap for the other two to go was because it's elimination. Yeah. So they, they don't yeah. necessarily have to, I mean, at least one of them knows I'm not going to have to exert myself for too long. So that helps. I'm giving this, I'm giving this a solid 10. I love wow. We have a perfect match. That's right. It's a Diaz, motherfucker. Like I said, man, Keesler coming off top rope. That's seen a fuckbuster, man. But, but, he goes from a one to a <laughs> ten. <laughs> back to right. Back. I gotta balance it out since we had. To, I know, <laughs> we I know. Had to, that I gotta make up for it. No, I think it's great. I think it's the first time I've heard ten <laughs> on the show. No, you gave Who, uh, you gave RVD and Jerry. I, that's a nine. Yeah, that is a nine. Sorry. Okay, all right. Let me go fuck myself. All right, all right, Martin, 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 go ahead. Go ahead, Martin. What, this what was abs- This was absolutely fucking phenomenal. Um, my match of the night, uh, a nine. Nice. I, I'm reluctant to say a ten because ten implies you know absolute perfection. Um, and there's probably something I'm forgetting, but now this this is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. 
So because uh, now I'm wondering, like, where I'm I'm curious where it goes from here for these guys because it seems like I, this feels like the end of a feud, but maybe not. I don't know because I feel like all three of these guys have been feuding with each other throughout right. this whole they need 99. To, they need to branch, and Guido. I, I really think he could kick somebody's ass in a real fight. Yeah. Like, like I mean, oh, the, yeah. when you compare, like, how he was as a comedy character and just a goofball. And then, like, you see the, like, kinda, he kind of had a Kurt Angle arc, I guess, where it was like, oh, this, yeah. look at this motherfucker. And then all of a sudden, he is just doing phenomenal in-ring work. And, I mean, he had a WWE run, and they, what was it, Nunzio? Yeah. And yes. It, it, just, it was not what he deserved. No. In their version of the FBI. Yeah. Uh, right. So so they need to go on and feud with other people. Yeah. Yeah, Super Crazy is the one I worry about the most because there's not a lot of character. Honestly, when it comes to ECW and, like, just this run, he's going to have the most prestigious run. Nice. Yeah, so. Okay, so we go, we've go. we got uh, Steve Carino, Rhino, and Jack Victory backstage. Carino says he was close to bringing in the... Insane Clown Posse to battle Raven and Dreamer. Well, I'm glad that wow. fell through. <laughs> the, who are our tag team champions. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, you don't say. Uh, Balls and Spike didn't keep the belts. Um, but they knew. They, but the ICP knew they were going to lose. Instead, Raven and Dreamer will have to face Carino and Rhino. More on this later. Uh, didn't, uh, didn't the Dudleys get the tag team titles back anyway? That is what we'll be talking about later. Yes. Absolutely. Oh. Yes. Yes, they did. They did get the belt. Sorry to lead. No, no, no. You nailed it. No, it, it's hilarious when we talk about it. Like, you absolutely nailed it. But um, before we get there, Joey points out a very interesting wrestling fan, folks. It's Billy Corgan. <laughs> oh, how <laughs> apt that is for today. Where is that at now? Billy Corgan? Done. The, the TNA what, deal? Yeah, so, like, but, like, where is that? Because, like, he, no the, it's a lawsuit, right? Am I not mistaken? It's done. Yes. Because the new company paid him off. Okay. Yeah, so it's they, now... It's now Anthem Impact Wrestling. Gotcha. Wow. Oh, is that... They have a stupid... Yeah, what? they have a stupid fucking owl as their logo. Oh, wow. Oh, no, no, it's the, uh, it's, the, it's the album cover from Fly By Night. So they're, are they no longer <laughs> TNA? They're Impact like. Wrestling now? Yeah. That's yeah. A, they should have done that years And they got ago. wings on it, so it kind of looks like a mix between the REO Speedwagon and Aerosmith logos. I mean, but how, the owl... Who bought them out? I don't know. And, 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 I have no idea. It wasn't Sinclair. That's <laughs> nuts. I because I was waiting. I was like, isn't I thought it was almost signed, sealed, delivered. WWE bought like their video library and the dismantling yeah. had begun. But Anthem had a mi- minority stake in what was TNA and just bought the rest. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. What's cool is it still has some of the same problems. Like they were doing, you know, they go and and tape in batches to air on TV, and in Canada, and this, the the company that owns them owns the network that they're broadcast in Canada, and aired the wrong episode on the wrong week. I heard about that. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just more of the it's it's like more of the same stuff. Um, the cool thing is those the Hardys can teleport now, like the Wyatts. <laughs> can they? Yeah. <laughs> it was just uh, it was something. It was just an article that that I saw because I was like, "Oh Jesus!" Um, there, there's still all this. Uh, there's a lot of unhappiness because old Mayhem is back in charge. Oh and God! He's got, yeah, <laughs> oh. he's got creative heat with people, and that was something I read that they're, you know, TNA works with Ring of Honor, 
and he doesn't like that, and that might pull the Hardys versus the Young Bucks match, and that's going to interfere with oh, TNA's man. work with New Japan's. Like, just all this is like, just this company needs to WCW or do something. This yes. is like what you were saying. Like, remember what you were saying, Charlie, about like by the time WCW was like, oh, thank, thank God, yeah, like, it was finally over. I feel like we've been saying this for ten years. Yeah, with TNA, almost. but uh, about four or five months into the Hogan debacle, that's when I was just. Absolutely. The dumb. first Monday night. Remember, the Monday night wars are back. All oh, right, like, it's Hogan versus Brett. And, nope. <laughs> nope, people want to see Brett. Yeah, fuck off. All right, so. Actually, well, do you remember Bishop that? Playing, playing a guitar in the middle of the ring, playing Iron Maiden on an acoustic guitar for 10 minutes. Yeah. Live see, wrestling show. What I remember is the first match on that TNA show was a cage match with like 18 people, and it ended with a disqualification. There you go. <laughs> see? See? That right there. It also ended with Jeff Hardy murdering Homicide with an unprotected chair shot that Homicide clearly wasn't expecting. Well, when your name's Homicide, you yeah, got, you got to bring the guns. You know? <laughs> a, a bald, out of shape Val Venus shows up and ruins a a strip poker game with uh, Lacey Von Eric, which I was real pissed at him for that. Instant heat. Oh yes, how dare you? Uh, Jeff Jarrett is cleaning a toilet for some reason on that. Impact? That is an awful episode. <laughs> it just sucks. Meanwhile, Vince is kicking Brett in the balls. You know, it's just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking of 2010, 2010 wasn't a good year for wrestling, was no, it? No, because I'll tell you, man, that Brett-Vince stuff was amazing to watch on television, especially when they incorporated Austin. And then we got the match. And then we got the match. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not a good year. No. no. Speaking of heat, we've got Justin Incredible in the ring with Jason. Sabu has been reinstated to wrestle again. There's a sign so perfectly behind him that says, It's just in your mouth. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just Incredible says he has a restraining order against Sabu, which is awesome. He wants he wants to also have the announcer announce him the winner because the match can't take place. Jim oh, Mullen, By the way, Bob Artes is back, so he's recovered yeah, from... Finally recovered he's from... He's alive. Yeah, he recovered from... Yep. What was what did he take? For a minute. I, yeah. Probably a cane to the head. <laughs> like everybody else. <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, the overriding power of Jim Molyneux. Yo. He overrides a court order. <laughs> yeah. Man, thank God he wasn't on the travel ban thing. He, he would be in big trouble. <laughs> Coming for you, Molyneux. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, this and so oh. this so cold referee. <laughs> so, so we're like, oh, we got Bob Ortiz back. No, <laughs> just incredible. Just it's fucking waffle. I'm gonna try to cut part of his ear off with a kendo stick. Jesus. <laughs> and lights go out, and Sabu has Taker 2017 entrance. It's awesome. Um, we go into this match. So let's talk about because the, the we we touched on it a little bit last show, but there was definitely more build up to this. This. The matchup finally happens. Most of this build, for, or this is from Colin, most of the match build for this, you should have covered at Heat Wave, which we did. Little has happened between the men since then. Sabu must be respecting his band. <laughs> July 31, <laughs> Hardcore TV. Sabu attacks Doring and Roadkill when they enter the ring for a match. Lita's name is Angelica. Styles is still showing disgust for her. Bonzi knocks her down with a pathetic kick that Styles calls a super kick and puts her on a table, which Sabu puts her through with a dive. Sabu calls out RVD, but Just Incredible nails Sabu with a cane shot as the show goes off the air. <laughs> September 17th, ECW on TNN. 
Cyrus announces that the ban on Sabu has been lifted, that he will wrestle Just Incredible at Anarchy Rules, and on September 18th, Hardcore TV, Just Incredible promo where he told Sabu he is scared of what Sabu is going to do to him, but like an animal backed into a cornel, it will make Credible more vicious. So, let's get into this match. I think this is a huge match for Just Incredible. This is a huge match for him. After all we've seen, I think this is where he... Would you all say this is where he takes the step to really enter a new... Yeah. Sabu is kind of like their Undertaker. A little bit. He's got this kind of mystique to him. Yeah. Yep. No, not, you can turn him heel. People won't boo him. No. And this is the the least botchy I've seen Sabu in a while. Sabu brings it. He really I mean, does. Now, granted, even the moves that get pulled off in this match don't exactly look got their ugly, right. But they, but that's I think that's the way they're supposed to yeah. look, I want to say. <laughs> Sabu just absolutely wipes the floor with just incredible early. Sets a table up on the ramp. Incredible regains the advantage and splashes Sabu through the table from the top rope. I always wondered if that metal bar hit Sabu in okay, the head. That's the one late. Or, oh, okay. And the, the metal, like, I got gotcha. When he does a splash, yeah. the metal bar that holds up the leg just immediately comes up. Yeah. But now the second table. Oh, my God. Well, okay. Tri- um, Sabu hits a triple jump, moonsault, plunge, plunge, triple jump, moonsault, plunge into the crowd onto Just Incredible. Yeah, fuck you. Triple jump, <laughs> leg drop. To Just Incredible, face down on the table. This is the best of luck spot of the night. Yeah. Doesn't break it, but then it's like, you know what? I'm going to try it again. You want another? another? <laughs> but Just Incredible gets out of the way, and Sabu just absolutely obliterates the table. Just Incredible is busted open bad over his eye, like WrestleMania 13 yeah. bad. I wonder if it was legit, because I didn't see anything. Well, everything I've ever... Well, because that's a crazy thing. Like, bald wrestlers, it's interesting how they blade, because... Wrestlers with hair will blade up in the hairline so that it kind of covers up or whatever. But possible, but at the same time, like, you bleed a lot from that spot. Like, it's a dangerous place to blade. You do, but it's great color. Sabu is cutting his midsection. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, Made I, me think of a duct tape story. Yes, yes. Mm. Uh, both guys exchange camel clutches. Jason tries to get in, but yeah, he just gets destroyed. Uh, Just Incredible hits a stunner. Which I guess everyone wants to do. Everyone, one. Yeah, everyone. A, a, a bald guy doing a stunner. He hits the most. <laughs> it's not Austin. No, it, a bald bald guy. Yeah, Steve Cena over here with a goatee. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you didn't get all that. <laughs> Sabu, can, or I'm sorry, Just Incredible hits the most awkward looking bulldog through a table. On oh, Sabu. the a death. Oh, I, ne- I never liked Jesus. that. Yeah. Sabu connects with a triple jump moonsault, then a triple jump leg drop again. He gets caned in the head by Jason when trying to hit the his own version of the tombstone. They do this spot a couple times. I think it's weird that they do it multiple times. I don't mind it. Like the doing last it. one, I don't care for because it legitimately looks like Sabu tosses Credible over to the side so that Credible can lift. Him. Right, right. Um, you got the Fonzie spot down there. Yeah, Fonzie clocks Jason with the sidekick. What else? Oh, uh, Fonz Fonzie slides a chair into the ring. And it hits Sabu <laughs> in the head, and Sabu immediately reacts to it. Like he he actually got him. <laughs> um, they we talked about the spot. So Sabu's almost got a, that's incredible on just incredible, but it gets reversed. Well, uh, Jason with the cane, right? Jason with the cane sets up just incredible to hit on the chair. That's incredible for a massive win. Beautiful. This is a really good match. Yes, is. This is a really good star-making match, I think. I, maybe that's too much to say, but 
I feel oh, like no. after all the dodging that he did, like all the shenanigans going way back to when, remember, they got his license revoked, and then the match is supposed to happen on TV, but it doesn't happen, and just all the avoidance, and then we finally get the payoff here. Jason, did, did how did you feel about the just incredible in this match and where it puts him going forward? And your rating. I like it. It's like you it's like you said, it's a reverse what normally happens when a heel dodges somebody for a long time and the face finally gets a hold of them, the face just generally murders them. Um it's like the oh you you the come up there was I mean, Sabu beat the shit out of him, but he still pulled it out, and which goes a long way of being able to withstand all that Sabu threw at him and still win. Um, a lot of cool things about this match. The uh, I, I didn't like at the beginning where Justin and Jason are saying they got something up their sleeve. These two never wear sleeves. It just didn't yeah. fit for me. Good catch. Um, <laughs> what? Good catch. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. I mean, it was just cracking up. And then the the ref's promo is fantastic. It's just as good as Joey's at the beginning. I mean, he's like, he's saying, you know, this would be fine at any other night. He said, but this is anarchy rules. But this is guilty as charged. I think, I think, plug in the paper. On the Spanish announce table podcast, Scotty needs to start breaking out some Jim Molyneux and start, no, 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 no. I'm taking, I'm taking over this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Then, uh, he's not even a real judge. (laughs) What's cool? Yeah. (laughs) When, uh, when Sabu shows up and he starts, you know, he, he's ready and they get it on. Where Joey Styles says, oh, if oh, with the restraining order, that doesn't matter. Let the police try to stop Sabu. First of all, this is Chicago. And this is where the 1968 Democratic Convention started. Do not ask the police to do anything like that. That is bad news um, for sure because I was just laughing at that. I was like, oh, this isn't good. Um, now, jokes aside, this is probably like a Charlie-style nitpick. But and, and tell me, no, no. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm not saying that it's anything bad. It's just very detailed. Well, well, if it's a Charlie style nitpick, then I would have the same opinion as you. So what? What? What oh, is it? God dang! All right. So when, and this is in any circumstance, but it happened in here. Whenever one wrestler has another wrestler in a submission, when that the wrestler in the submission is banging on the mat to get the crowd behind him, isn't that also technically a tap out? Yes, that yeah. is a Charlie style nitpick. <laughs> I, why would you bang on the mat? I mean, was it open hand? Uh, yes, because it's Sabu. I think so because it's where it's one of the times Credible's got Sabu in something, and it's after the table spots because they're both bloody. And Sabu's just trying to get the crowd, and he's he's not just like bang once going. Mm, it's like re- repetitive bangs, and I was like, that's he's tapping out. Yeah, I, I don't. I I used to wonder that. How do you differentiate a wrestler that's in panic mode? Versus a wrestler <laughs> that's tapping out. No, you're you're right. Yeah, I I, I don't like that. <laughs> Damn it, see, you know me so well. <laughs> yeah, see, I learned uh, that. I mean, but but other than that, like it was still a ball busting match. Um, this is a I'd give it an eight. Okay, I'm also at eight. You're also at eight. Yeah. All right, Martin. How about you? Uh, I'm at a seven. Okay. Ooh. There's just something Some about it that I I liked. But didn't love. But everybody said it. This watching this show again has, has shattered some preconceptions I had about just incredible. Yeah. Again, I always thought he was absolutely fucking terrible, but for some reason was pushed to the moon. I believe your quote was just intolerable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, good. Um, that's good. 
Um, um, it's it's like I said this again, shattering some misconceptions. I I think the guy's great. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, he should be someone that you don't like, like someone like go away heat basically. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's it is a good kind. It, it perfectly plays in. It's not go away heat, and yet he's supposed to be, you know, like the baby face. Yeah. I think after match yeah. he should be wrestling for the TV title next. That's a big yeah. win. He should be wrestling for that that belt. It just feels that way, this type of win. Where do you put it, man? That's an eight. Nice. Yeah, easy. Uh, yeah, because I didn't re- even remember this match. I was like, Except for the table spot. As soon as I saw that this was the match, I was like, oh, I remember that table spot with Sabu jumping on him, which I looks just awful. Yeah. But I didn't remember this match being this good. But yeah, and I agree, just incredible... This could have this could have been a main, a main event match could like have been, on, yeah. on one of the more mediocre ECW shows yeah. that we've seen, where a match comes out of nowhere and surprises you. And Sabu, to his credit, very very little botch, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it helps the match immensely. And he makes Just Incredible look credible. Right, that's <laughs> the thing. Like he, I think th- this is one of those matches where you look at the guy who's doing the favors and like, yeah, you you. You have to you let the guy beat you because that's what you're supposed to do. But how did you make him look in the process? He makes him look awesome. Right. He makes him look like a million bucks. And like I said, Sabu is one of those guys, like Undertaker, who he can lose a match and not lose any stock. No, no, he, yeah, at all. So we're going from the we're transitioning. I, oh, go ahead. Martin, before you sorry. go, I just thought you know how Sabu and Taker both coming under the cloak of darkness. Wouldn't it be weird if for some reason their teleporters got mixed up and Sabu ended up at Mania? Oh, wait, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> wait a minute. What's he doing here? That, that, that's got to be Sabu. I mean, there's no one else that looks like that. <laughs> it, just, it just looks... Look, no one has scars around, like that. really confused, and then somewhere in, like, you know, an indie show <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, there's just Taker stood. I, I do like the thought of Undertaker coming out to Sabu's music. <laughs> Tahuka Blues. <laughs> oh. He's got to walk a little faster. <laughs> it's a two-minute song. Um, we're, what a transition, because now we're going into a massive... This match is huge in many different ways. It, it is, uh, in terms of ECW as a whole, this is a very important, significant match. It's very significant in terms of this card. It's just wrestling history. It's a big one, I think. Sato Tanaka is right, as it stands going into this, is taking on Taz, the ECW champion. Now, things are going to change. We're going to talk about that in a sec. So let's talk about how we got here. So here are Collins' notes. Due to Tanaka making no appearances, I'm going to cover what Taz has been up to since Heat Wave. August 7th, Hardcore TV, Taz saves Dreamer and Francine from an attack by Rhino, Victory, Carino, and Tajiri following the previously mentioned Tajiri versus Guido match. He put DeVito through a table. Carino tells Taz from the aisle way, catch me if you can. Keep your title if I let you. Awesome. Great line. <laughs> August 14th, Hardcore TV, Taz promo, where he tells Tajiri he, he didn't he didn't best him in the ring. He didn't beat him in the ring at Heat Wave, and he wants to beat him in Queens, where Tajiri attacked Taz for the first time. August 26th, Hardcore, Hardcore TV, Taz attacks and puts Rhino through a table with a head and arm Tazplex. September 3rd, ECW on TNN, Taz beat Tajiri via submission with the Taz mission to defend the world championship in a very short match. September 4th, Hardcore TV, 
a Joey Styles in-ring interview with Taz where they announce where they announce Taz will defend the world championship against FMW's Masato Tanaka at Anarchy Rules. In typical Taz style, he makes reference he makes references to Hogan. Funnily, Hogan tells him this ain't 1989 anymore. This is 2000. Mm, actually, September 1999. <laughs> Maybe Taz has been time traveling with Techno Team 2000 and forgot which year he was. <laughs> he also challenges Triple H to come to the bingo perhaps, hall and try. Perhaps, um, perhaps I'm back at a quantum leap into Taz. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's, it's JBL that quantum leaps into people on this show, Martin. Get it right. What's awesome is he also challenges Triple H to come to the bingo hall and try him. He may regret that come April. <laughs> September 10th, <laughs> ECW on TNN. Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka from Heatwave 98 is shown to hype up Tanaka. September 11th, Hardcore TV. Another 98 match between Awesome versus Tanaka airs. This was from New York. Tanaka won with the roaring elbow. Post-match, Awesome powerbomb Tanaka over the top rope to a table on the floor. Of course. So, so now, we're back at Anarchy Rules here. Taz gets a shitload of heat. Why? Because, to, I mean, it, it was out at this point that Taz was leaving. He was going to WWF, which felt unthinkable, I'm sure, at the time. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you're the world champion. Like, it, it, in, and in many ways, this some people, I think, thought this was cataclysmic. Some ways, maybe it was. This for could, both parties? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, I, and one way for, yeah, one way for one, another for ECW, but... Um, the streamers hit, like, what's hilarious are the streamers who hit the ring when Taz gets in. Yeah. I thought that was... Yeah. The you sold out chants are just all over the place. Um, Taz gets on the mic and points out Mike Awesome in the crowd and calls him out. Jeff Jones is in tow. Good thing. Good to, good to see him still hanging out. But we there. didn't get a, this is anarchy rules, or weird line from Jeff Jones. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and you're guilty as charged. <laughs> He's still on there. It's, uh, it's the same paper. Paul Lee is also at ringside. Taz says he's getting Paul Lee a fucking buy rate and a let him go. Paul finally, like, what's great about Heyman is he doesn't all, like, the way he builds to finally letting him, he does this so many times throughout his career. We've seen it recently, of course, but the way he does this throughout his career is always good. Finally obliges, and uh, Mike Awesome is now a part of this making it a three-way dance. Good thing he came in his wrestling gear, too. Yeah. yeah. I don't even think he had a shirt on. No. When he was on the well, I think he had a tank on or something oh, like that. Oh. Maybe. Maybe. But he still had... He had it up in his black briefs. Just... Yeah. So this was my introduction to both Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome. And I was very underwhelmed at first because I wanted to see Taz fight this Tanaka guy. But, man. How awesome Mike is Mike Awesome. We're going to get a, tr- a three-way yeah. between these guys now. Like, yeah. How is this going to go? Instant fan here. Yo, I, I don't. I'm not surprised. <clears throat> Tanaka immediately dives on Awesome. They brawl <laughs> on the outside. I love it. <laughs> we, they feud for eternity. Taz plucks on both Tanaka and Awesome, but they quickly double team him. Big power bomb on Tanaka. Taz hits a double underhook on him from the top rope. Tanaka hits a roaring elbow, followed by a big splash from Awesome. That they both double pin and eliminate Taz in a record what under two minutes? Yeah, that was stunned. Shot. Stunning move, and um, what's really cool is here. What's, this is what's great about a crowd like like in Chicago. Like they were giving Taz massive heat, and then instantly, just the way Taz like the way Taz plays it, and he motions for them to continue fighting, and then you have the boys on the ramp. The WrestleMania ten image, right, right. Yeah. It's really really cool, and I 
I've never seen anyone do this since. CM Punk mentioned this is what they should have done at WrestleMania 29 with him still carrying the belt to Mania with him and oh, Rock, Cena. With Cena and Rock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And have him get bitched out in five minutes. I agree. Even though at the same time, like... No, but I wouldn't no. want to see him. Right. But I think I, Punk... I agree with him. He should have been in, in the final match of a WrestleMania. Right. And that would have been the one to do. Because Punk was right. He's like, no one wanted to see Rock and Cena again. Right. And they didn't. No. It was God. bullshit. But Taz, uh, you got to give him credit for that, I think. Uh, he might yeah. not have thought of it, but he went through with it. Yeah. You know, did just not. Like, this isn't my time anymore, you know. Ta- um, between this and his entrance, like, I, I in WWF, these are two great moments. Probably by him, his two highs. Yeah, um, I want to bat this around. Like, what did like Charlie? What did you think? Tad, the world champion in a three way dance, never loses like this. Not like that. What did you think? Because this is the second pay per view you saw by right ECW. By this point. What yeah. did you think when you saw the world champion eliminated? Like? I was very deflated because I loved Taz from Heat Wave. Yeah, you know, that's what I knew him from, and uh, and I and I was like, you're going to leave me for these two guys that I don't know, right? You know, I was like, all right. And then, sure enough, that this turns out to be a great little 10-minute one-on-one match. Jason, how did you feel about it when you saw this happen? I thought it was kind of, I guess the way Charlie put it, deflating for a second. It's like, oh, that's pretty early on. Because if you're looking at wrestling past, like the guy who, who somehow weaseled into the match isn't going to be the first one eliminated, but you also don't think it's going to be the, and our, you know, the, the incumbent champion either. Um, it was just, it was crazy. I, I thought it was very classy of Taz to, once the crowd was like chanting for him, he gets the, the crowd to go. He's like, just look at the ring, go back to those guys. Right. It's later on. I you know, don't, don't worry about me. It was weird to see Taz cry. Yeah. I'm glad the camera cut away really quick. Cause it was like, I don't want to see that. Martin, but, how about I mean, that was fun. Martin, how about you? What did you think of the moment like with Taz getting eliminated early on? It felt yeah, odd. Deflating in a in a, a weird way. It's like, oh, 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 okay. We're, we're, we're doing this. Because I I you know knew Taz lost in a three way, but I didn't think it was this quick. Yeah. So, but it's it's if ever there was a clear indication, it's like, right, that's it, we're you know. We're now moving on. Yeah. So now we go into... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. It was, it was just like a, like a board meeting on screen. <laughs> right, <laughs> no, no. That's it. That's it. That's it. New guys now. Why does it seem like Axel Rotten leads the locker room? It does. He is so he's, yeah. into it. Yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, get him. Yeah, fuck his face. Yeah. You know, I'm like, dude. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Well, we get later on, we get... Like, it be, it's almost like he explains it to us. Uh, yeah. In, a, in, in case you're wondering, because my <laughs> stock doesn't seem to be that high usually. Yeah. I'm not Balls Mahoney over here, you know. <laughs> that is, dude, that is a great promo right there. <laughs> That's what he should have said. All right. So, um, we're left now, and we saw the we, these guys had a hell of a match, and they immediately go back at it. Tanaka... Um, where is it here? Yeah. Uh, awesome leaps over the top rope into Tanaka. Hits a set-out awesome bomb for oh, two. I had never seen that. Before. Oh, my A guy God. the size of Mike Awesome go over the top rope. Yeah. So I, I, I bought in right there. 
Awesome sets up for a power bomb over the top rope through the table, but Tanaka avoids. He connects with a diving chair shot after the sprint from the ramp. We saw that in their last match, too. Never get tired of it. This is basically a greatest hits. Yeah, it yeah. is. Which yeah. is fine. Yeah, of course. Because they've got good hits. A chair splash off the top rope onto a chair. Onto Mike Awesome. I mean, just a, I love that move. I don't know why. It's like a Mick Foley type of move. That's great. Like. Masato Tanaka is a very good offensive wrestler. Yeah. Awesome hits the Awesome Bomb from, the, from inside out onto the table, followed by an Alabama slam, followed by a frog splash for a two count. Are you kidding me? Like, that's unreal. Then Mike Awesome just goes to WrestleMania 17 on him with the chair just over and over. Tanaka keeps getting up, and that's even cooler. Yeah, I love the way he gets up. Yeah, man. Like, I the mean, way he gets up is what's so cool about Oh, that. my God. It's a somersault stunner from the top. I of love the that move. Oh, my God. It sucks. Diamond dust. Yeah. yeah. Diamond dust. Yeah. Diamond dust. He motions for the roaring elbow. Awesome hits a German suplex and then a spear for two. We get to the climax. Awesome, um, awesome swings a chair from the top rope. Sets up a table, then also awesome palms Tanaka through the table. Off the top rope. Off the top rope to pick up the win. Tanaka takes two atrocious-looking bumps through tables in this match. Mike Awesome is your new ECW world champion. Is the end of an era, is beginning of another era. The, the moment afterwards with the match is just perfect. Like, with Taz coming back to give Mike Awesome the belt... Um, it's so ironic it, what happens a year from, or not even a year. I know. I know. See, that's, that's my final note on this. It's, it, it makes me, I can't look at this the same way I know, because of I, that. Right. I agree with you. Like, but just in context, just in the context of, of where oh, we're Oh, it's at. a great little moment. It really is. I mean, Taz is, I don't want to say he's the cornerstone of ECW, but... When I think of ECW, he's one of the first three people. He's in the main event of the first one that we yeah. we went through. <laughs> um, and I, Paul thanking him, all the guys on the ramp thanking him and stuff like Axel that. Axel Rotten, you know. Give him a card. Right. <laughs> I, I do I love... you this ed- edible bouquet. I think Mike Awesome <laughs> and Tanaki even have a brief moment, too, yeah, which I mean, is really cool. a big deal. Um, I do like what J- Jason, you brought it up when the Taz chant breaks out and Taz stops and it's like, no, it, it needs to be an awesome chant. Like he does so well with take, trying to just take the moment away from him and give it to the right guy here. Um, I, when I saw this, what I thought of was this is the closest thing to the rock Hogan thing I have seen in wrestling. It's the closest thing to a really f- interesting, like uh, I can't just say it's 100% organic because they obviously planned out like some of the stuff that was going to happen in this. But obviously not all of it. They didn't anticipate a champ breaking out and then it's shifting and all this stuff. But I, I, I feel like this is one of those great emotional moments in wrestling. It's, it's weird with fans, uh, especially ECW fans where like this is clearly an ECW crowd. But it's also a Chicago crowd. So you're going to get the fans that say you sold out and you suck dick and all that shit. And then when something like this happens, it's like the, it's like the fans break kayfabe. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's 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 really weird where they're like, you know, we we don't really hate you. You know, we think uh, it's probably. I like to think that this is what what we would do with Cena if something were to happen. You know, yeah. like we we give him such yeah. shit, but you know, we're, I respect I respect the guy. You know, yeah, if something totally. were to happen to him in the ring, I mean, I would I I'd, I'd feel pretty bad about it, right? 
Right. But, you know, so deep down they really love the guy, but they are upset with him because they're not going to have him around anymore. And I love the you sold out chant anyway. Don't tell me you don't watch WWF in 1999. Right. And don't tell me you wouldn't. Wherever you work, the the bigger corporation, if they're like, you know what, we want you to come in and we're going to pay you this much. Right. You wouldn't turn it down. Right. Get out. And yeah. you want a better life for yourself? Fuck you, pal. <laughs> yeah, I like Suck that. the shit. I, I'm going with the Fisher King out into the alleyway. <laughs> <laughs> but um, go ahead, man. Rate it. Go for it. I'd give this... Um, I'd probably give this a, a let's go with a seven and a half. God, God dang. I, I got to go with a seven and God a half. God dang. Well, uh, simply, I mean, I still, I wonder what this match could have been if it had gone on longer. It, it feels like a quick match. I mean, even if you don't include the Taz part, like even the Mike Awesome and Sato Tanaka stuff feels quick. I love the fact that it's a greatest hits, but I also think that's, Kind of a detriment. It feels like they're on some kind of crunch. I think they could have done more with it. Yeah. And and I don't think the attention completely goes to Taz, which easily could have happened while the while that match continued. It's just I I, I don't know. I, I I started with a seven. Even talking about it now, like that that boosts it for me. Yeah. It's 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 really solid. So you're it's, sticking with seven. Really seven and a half. Seven and a half. Okay. I'm sticking with that. It's it's damn good. Jason, where do you, where do you leave? Where do you put this show or put? I'm sorry, this show, this match. Let's skip to the end. Yeah, just go ahead. Um, well, I thought it. I mean, it, you know, we're talking about how big of a deal it is. It's just really weird how quickly these people are ready to accept Mike Awesome, considering as far as pay per view appearances, he's only had one. Yeah, with them, and it's like these people, like you're talking about the new era, like you know, you're saying the Hogan Rock thing. Both of these guys were established, but. And then this is, you know, I mean, you had to, you had to know and work on independent wrestling to be able to see Tanaka and Mike Awesome matches, to know, you know, what these guys were about. And clearly Tanaka already had a a built-in fan base. Like, they bring it up. Like, these people in Chicago knew who he was and were excited for him to be there. Um, You know, what's classy of Taz to do what he's doing? I would have rather, as far as it go, have Taz leave... And then, you know, just get out of sight of the crowd and then come back after it's all over instead of standing out there with everybody. I mean, I get that Polly was trying to create this great big momentous occasion, but in a little bit it robbed them because you don't get to see Tanaka and Mike Awesome's little bit of moment where Mike Awesome walks over to Tanaka in the corner to help him up because then it cuts right back to Taz on the apron with, you know, Axel Rotten screaming in our face. Um about well, I blame how, the director. Whoever is directing the show did a piss poor yeah. job on that. And especially with the with what's about to follow, Charlie's they could have they could have definitely given this match a little bit more time. I thought so um, too. But I mean, as far as just rating the match, if I take the match as is, I'm I'm I had a seven. Hey Martin, how about you, man? <laughs> um, I went the uh, an eight for this one. Um. I think, on the one hand, yeah, I wish it would have been longer. On the other hand, the amount of punishment that Awesome and Tanaka were dealing out to each other, I don't think either one of them could have stomached that much longer at the pace that they were going. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 like, almost like a masterclass in how you do this kind of thing. Because, yes, Taz gets beaten, but he doesn't look like a chump 
doing it. It's like he he loses because of his own hubris in wanting to you know fight the world. Yeah. But the people that have beat him are like these t- the two hardest of the hardcore. Right. Yeah, you, know, you totally buy that Awesome and Tanaka together would beat a guy like Taz and beat him easily because these two are fucking monsters. Yeah, that's that leads into my question. Do you buy the fact that, t- that Taz, the baddest motherfucker, arguably in wrestling at this point, the way they bill him, loses this fast? Well, or, or, or maybe loses the way that he does, like with a double pin or with a splash? I- with the promo, the, the promo at the beginning where he calls out Awesome in the crowd, I buy it because it's it's a case of you know hubris. Pride comes before a fall. Mm-hmm. He wants to prove that he's the toughest motherfucker in the world. He wants to prove that you know that, that he's better than the Hogans and the Austins and the X Y Zs. And it, eventually, that ends up costing him because the guy that he picks on is Mike Awesome, who is arguably just as bad a motherfucker as Taz is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And then you've also got this Tanaka guy who is, is if not as equal, is just underneath as bad a motherfucker. So, I think out of out of the entire ETW roster, I think the, those two, to combined, I think I'd buy as handing Taz his own ass. Right on. Okay. Okay. So you got eight. All right, so look, I'm going to say this. I'm a sentimentalist when it comes to the moment. I love moments like this, and to have these two guys coming off at, at afterwards, like this is a 10 for me. I, I, I put it as a 10. I do. I really do. I loved it so much, man. Like I'm laughing silently, by the way. I, I, I was I, wondering I, what kind of look you're giving him. I loved it so much. Well, I was trying to figure out, like, based on the way he was reacting to our scores. I was, I'm, like, I was think, like, I knew this was going to happen. I'm thinking in my head, what are you going to give it? I, you, like, I knew I was going to get. I knew this was going to happen because every time I'm... <laughs> it's <laughs> even funny to look at. <laughs> every, I, it's I'm, a great I'm, match. I, I agree. It, it, when I think about it, who else were you going to give the belt to? Like, was there anybody yeah. else that was really there that could that could carry it at this moment? You got yeah, the Rob Van Dam. He's the team, but <laughs> yeah. but he won a double that? champion. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like, do you want to mess that I up? I mean, let's that? let's face it. Like, ECW even knows it. The most important title in this company is the TV title, right? Although this is one time where um, this probably should have closed the show. I agree. Because I think now the audience goes into massive audience fatigue, and it's really hard. I think RVD's match suffers because of this later. Uh, but it also doesn't it? help that the, the way they promote RVD's match before Anarchy Rules happens is not the match that we're getting. Not not to mention the fact that I have no idea who the fuck this other guy is. And why is he getting a TV title shot? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that really bummed me out. When I first saw it, I was like, and who are you? Who are you? So what you're saying? So get the fuck out. You know. <laughs> um, All right. So I just look like the biggest shit on these on these shows. Ah, uh, that's all right. I've only given one other ten though, by the way, and that was RVD and Jerry Lynn. That's the only other ten I gave. I think that's totally worthy of a ten. I'm trying to be more stringent. Well, no, I'm just—I'm I'm thinking back to some of the other shows that we've watched. I, I mean, I, personally, I mean, no offense. I thought you overrated a few of the things. Probably, yeah. And, but you—I I, I think I, you I, knew I, that too. And then now I'm like, okay, you know what? Now I'm gonna try and be a little more uh, conscious of this shit. No, you know, a personal opinion is a personal. Opinion. I'm just trying, like, because I understand I will overrate plenty of stuff, movies, all of it. 
at the same time, I was like, you know what? Like, maybe, maybe, maybe Charlie's on the right track with this. I got to be a little bit more, a little more critical when it comes to this stuff. Da, da, da. And like, and so that's why all these, no, oh, I only give it a three. Give it a seven. Everyone else gives well, it that, like, that was, yeah. I don't remember what match that was on the last <laughs> show, but I was like, that's three. Like, I think that was Jason. And I was just like, whatever. I mean, it's a personal opinion. You know, it's, you know, not everyone's going to like everything. All right, so let's um, let's transit. What a way to what a way to transition here. This uh, okay. I guess this is oh, a match. Boom! All right, <laughs> I forgot this was next. <laughs> we got Dreamer, Francine, and Gertner in the ring. Gertner asks for an update on his injuries and whether he'll be able to defend the tag titles. Tommy says he went to Wrigley and saw Sammy Sosa hit number sixty. Says he needs to innovate some violence in Chicago and starts to take off his wild bunch jersey. To which Carino, Rhino, and Victory come out and the fight begins. What fight, you may ask? Well, Tommy Dreamer and Raven, as we heard earlier, are the tag team champions. And I, I guess they're going against Carino and Rhino. But how did we get here? So, what was I thinking? <laughs> on July 31st, Spike Dudley and Balls Mahoney defended the tag titles against the Dudley Boys and lost when Spike, or I'm sorry, yeah, when Spike pinned Devon after an acid drop on the chair, they won. I'm sorry. Post-match, Bubba's upset with Devon, and they tease the Dudleys are going to fight each other, but they end up hugging. August 7th, Axel Rotten returns from wherever he has been to accept a cha- an open challenge by Balls and Spike. He says he is there to live up to the agreement that he had, and Ball- he and Balls fight each other. And yeah, that was for- yeah, I remember that when we were talking about Heat Wave. If they lost, they would agree to fight each other. That's what that's in reference to. He announced his partner is going to be New Jack. Balls and Spike retain the tag titles against Axel and New Jack in the usual weapons-filled bloody brawl. Balls pinned Axel after putting him through a flaming table with a spinebuster. The match was announced as an extreme death match, but was the same as every other weapons match. <laughs> Spike got <laughs> Spike, Spike got Spink. Yep, he got more, got more <laughs> offense on New. But he says Spike Dudley, where did Daddy go? Spike got more offense on New Jack than anyone I have ever seen. Post match, after showing respect, Jack and Axel attack Balls and Spike. Following Bubba Ray being pinned in the previously mentioned six man dream partner match, that was one with RVD, Jerry Lynn, all that. But Dudley said Joel Gertner with a terrible 3D. Again, following <laughs> Devon. <laughs> following the Tajiri versus Guido match from earlier, Carino calls. Uh, Francine a slut and calls Trammy calls Tommy Dreamer out. You're a slut. Why don't you come out here, Dreamer? Oh, I thought he called him a, like a, a, a fag or something. Like I, I called him out. Like <laughs> how you whispered that. I, well, I was like, I was like, he did what? <laughs> Dreamer attacks Carino, Victory, and Tajiri until Tajiri spits green mist in Francine's face. Taz makes the save. That wasn't the only time something. Never mind. <laughs> August 21st. You know what we're saying, fellas. Hardcore, hardcore TV. A fan cam from Cleveland of the Dudleys beating Balls and Spike to win the tag titles, as Jason said, for the seventh time. This was a non-TV or pay-per-view event, so it's... So it... Um, it uh, well, it's not surprising. Spike takes a powerbomb on a bar, jumps off a balcony, and both he and Balls bleed. Balls also goes through a thumbtack. A Co- what? A thumbtacked covered table. The Dudleys. This is my thing. <laughs> the Dudleys cut a promo in a bathroom, saying they are going to the WWF and lay the ECW tag titles at Vince's feet. 
Well, they're going to. Vince wasn't in the shower with him, but you know what I'm saying. Jazz pin Carino after a jazz stinger. Uh, Dreamer and Francine appeared at ringside. Francine's DDT on Jack Victory. She DDTs Jack Victory, and she and Jazz hit Bronco Busters on Carino and Victory in opposite corners. That would have been hell of a sight. Post match Tajiri. Yeah, imagine what have been for them. <laughs> attacked Dreamer and spit red mist into Jazz and Francine. <laughs> Taz uh, starts to make his way to the ring when the show ends. Oh, that seems seems lame. We're out of time. <laughs> August twenty sixth. It's on TNN. Fans, we got to go. A rerun of Hee Haw is next. <laughs> Balls and Spike beat the Dudleys to win the ECW tag titles. When Balls pinned Devon with a nutcracker, Sweet Spike was put through a flaming table at ringside during the match. They won the titles twice? No, I, no, the balls and Spike beat the Dudley. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They, they won them again? <laughs> oh. the, don't the Dudleys get out being like the 10-time ECW yes. champs or something? It's something like September 3rd, ECW and TNN. Gertner and Siles tell us that this is the Dudley boys last night in the company. Dudleys beat Spike and Balls to win the they won the titles on their last ECW show. <laughs> For the eighth time when Spike loses to the 3D. The Dudleys cut an in-ring promo against saying they're leaving the company with the tag belts, going to the true city of hardcore wrestling, Stanford. <laughs> <laughs> Bubba Ray calls Tommy Dreamer out to the ring to defend ECW's honor. Heyman is holding Tommy Dreamer back in the aisle. After enough taunting, Dreamer hits the ring and starts a two-on-one match for the tag belts versus the Dudleys. So I guess we have a match, one-on-two for the belts. But guess who? Raven returns, and they defeat the Dudley Boys to win the ECW Tag Team Championship. Dreamer counters a 3D attempt into a DDT on Devon. Raven slides into the slides into the ring from the back, hits Bubba with a DDT, and pins him. This is Raven's surprise return to the company. September 11th, Hardcore TV. A clip is shown from after Dudley's versus Raven versus Dreamer match, or and Dreamer. I should- where the the Dudleys raised a dreamer's hand and put a a tag belt around his waist (laughs) what's so funny here this Colin has waist spelled W what waist we're just gonna put this belt around your shit is that okay (laughs) he has waist spelled W-A-S-T-E so it's like the (laughs) (laughs) It's a homonym. That's I know Colin, Colin was probably it's probably the the Microsoft Word doing its thing. I get it. That's so funny though. During the usual um, ass kissing ring promo by Tommy Dreamer, Carino tells Dreamer to lay down for him so he can win half the tag team championship. <laughs> you can defend your half of the tag titles now. When Dreamer that, refuses, Rhino closes. That was fake. So much more sense. It would be so cool to have that now. I've never done. I've never seen that. Jack Victory shows up with a barbed random tag pairings. It'd be great. Uh, Jack Victory shows up with barbed wire and they wrap Dreamer in it. Carino goes to hit Dreamer in the his damaged back with a chair until Raven makes the save. A Raven DDT to Rhino and a Dreamer DDT to Victory leads to a double pen. Another double pen. <sighs> September seventeenth. A Raven promo from a kid's playground. I'm sure this is this this also airs at An- Ar- Anarchy Rules. Uh, Raven. Great if a cop showed up. <laughs> Sir, what are you doing? <laughs> Sir, what are you doing here? Get it's it, get a big up. boss man. He shows up. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, 
told you quit quoting this weird ass poetry Ugh. around these kids. Raven and Dreamer versus Steve Carino's and Mystery Tag Team part or Mystery. I'm sorry, Raven and Dreamer versus Carino's Mystery Tag Team for the Tag Team Championship is set for Anarchy Rules. That's where ICP was going to come in. We're going to get to that in a sec. Quickly, how did Raven get here? Raven left WCW. That's it. Right. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> due, due to morale being so low in WCW, a backstage meeting was held in August of 99, which involved every contracted WCW wrestler. Bischoff offered anyone their release right then and there with the condition they were not allowed to join the WWF. Raven, <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> Raven was the only one to accept his release and signed a one-year contract with ECW. Well, it paid off for him. Yeah. He was yeah. able to go to WWF right after. It worked perfectly. Actually, so, I think, further to that story, I don't know if it, it's there, I think g- guys said they were going and then sort of chickened out. I think Conan was one. Oh. He wanted to leave and then changed his mind for whatever reason. I think, I think Rey Mysterio was one of those like, guys as well. What kind of deal is that? You, you can't go to WWF. That's my only thing. Okay, well, I'll just go to ECW for a little while and then I'll go to WWF. I'm going to Memphis it's, now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's because I think Bischoff was so fucked off at this time because this is precisely when the rot starts in, in WCW. Mm. Yeah. All right, so back at Anarchy Rules here. All right. Dreamer chases uh, Carino off and leads victory into a chair shot by Francine. Dreamer really is your everyday dad who has a little too, who's had a little too many and thinks he can find everyone. <laughs> I just gotta get this burger off the grill. All right, all right, let's go. Rhino and Carino start to get the advantage. Francine tries to help but gets power slammed by Rhino. Raven botches his entrance through the road. Oh, it's great! <laughs> it's the best part of the match. <laughs> but he manages to hit a DDT on Rhino. Victory now gets involved. Raven and Dreamer each hit a DDT to get the three count. Winners, Raven and Tommy Dreamer, still your ECW Tag Team Champions. Losers, us. <laughs> Count, yeah. um, uh, all right, so, guys, what do you want to... I hate rating this, because this is such shit. I, Didn't I, stop me. I know. I gave it two stars. What did you give it? <laughs> oh. I gave it two to be respect. Like, I, I have a hard time giving something, like, I, I, I don't know. I try to have a little bit of respect. Well, just for the Raven keeping separated from the ring... Uh, like trying to get in the ring. I get all right. I'll give it a two. Jason, what did you give it? The same thing. It was. I think we missed out on some stuff from the edit that we had that maybe would have helped out. But from what we got, this was uh, calling me out for my ratings on earlier out of respect, giving it a two. Um, so I'm going to price this right. You and give it a two point five. Yeah, you ain't got to get hot about it. All right, Martin, what did you give it? This is the drizzling shits. I gave it two. And you gave it two as well, Charles, right? Oh, a solid two. Okay, so One of now, the best twos I've I ever I wanted seen. all of us to say that because of this additional note. While they are playing up, this is from Colin again, by the way, just to clear up. While they are playing up Dreamer's legit injured back, Raven is recovering from surgery to repair a torn rotator cuff. Too many even flows. Yeah, that's it. He said, and he said, this probably explains why their match is... Here and leading up to this, we're very short because they are both really hurt at this point. And with the Dudleys leaving, they just, with all that bullshit they were doing, they needed to get the belts off of them. God knows why we couldn't give it to the guys that are healthy, like Spike and Balls, but okay. Those don't sound like two healthy people. No, no. They <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, they, they should have nixed this and made the world title match longer. Yeah. I think. Yep, yep that's a great point. <clears throat> Absolutely. But you got to have Tommy Dreamer on your show. I hate to say it, but I'm not liking him as much as I, I used to. I used to love yeah. Tommy Dreamer. I'm not liking you. 
nearly as much. The answer's up there. But, but I will say this. As short as that was and as shitty as it was, Raven looked totally awesome doing every bit of that, still wearing the tag team belt. Oh, yes. yeah. 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 All right. Well, that, that goes back to Bailey Legal, because when he faces Funk, he's wearing the belt for quite a bit of that, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, that's right. He does. That's right. So now, as Charlie pointed out, we have a guy who needs to clarify who he is and why he needs to be over. Because in the ring is Axel Robin. Oh, God. He, <laughs> he recaps... <laughs> Who's Johnny Smith? Axel Smith. Re- <laughs> Axel Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Axel Rose recaps what happened at the show here. He says he ain't much of a worker, but he can bleed he like, like Axel a, now. He can bleed like a bitch. I thought was such a weird line about it. I can bleed like a bitch. Rotten calls out Mike Awesome and his ECW title. Already? Yeah. I, or, you, or rather, Axel Rotten has grown tired of living. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh no! Cheer oh, me! No! Oh, didn't he just pass this here? Him that, and Balls? I know Balls did. Yeah. Uh, did Axel die? Yeah. Axel died last he year. Axel did too, because he was on. A, it was recent. He did a Jericho podcast about how unhealthy he was, and then he was gone within a few months. Oh my god! Okay. Instead, the Impact players and I. I love. I wrote Johnny Smith and put a question mark in parentheses next to it because I was like, <laughs> they come out and say. They're looking to go three for three in their matches. Lance asked him to... I'm asking you to rescind your challenge before I make you do it. Awesome. A brawl, of course, breaks out after Rotten says Chicago came to cheer the tits, not the talent. And to rescind this bitch. And just starts attacking. Spike and Balls come out to uh, to even the odds a little. Don Marie eats an acid drop before uh, Spike is quickly smashed. Balls waffles that idiot Johnny Smith with a chair. Apparently, Johnny Smith was supposed to challenge RVD for the TV title. In the main event of the I know. Who is Johnny Smith? I, I know. Exactly. Well, like, like, <laughs> everybody just takes a pause now. Like, here's an interesting um, way to look at this. If Johnny Smith is his wrestling name, <laughs> what the fuck could his real name possibly be? <laughs> Nitro. <laughs> what if it be something awesome? Like yeah, what machine, if it's better? Machine gun von nuclear bomb. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's too much. Johnny Smith. His, his name is Riggs Thundercock. <laughs> okay. So, if, if Axel Rotten hadn't put his presence on this show enough, he decides... I, I, I immediately assumed, I was like, okay, well, maybe he'll challenge RVD. Like, maybe, logically, he'll be like, no, no, no. In fact, I'm going to broker the match. He decides he's going to become the broker of the match and says that... We're going to get underachiever. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're going to get balls Mahoney. So there is a little bit here. I want to briefly bring up some of Colin's notes because I think this will help. Maybe not. Maybe this will help explain how these guys kind of kind of ended up in this spot. He said on the September seventeenth, ECW and this match was announced: Johnny Smith versus RVD. Other than Smith running in on an earlier Landstorm versus RVD match, and Smith having a non televised match with the same night beating Guido, this match has exactly zero buildup. But on the September 4th Hardcore TV, just to explain why Axel and Balls have reunited, um, Axel and Balls, or Axel versus Balls, became a three way when New Jack interrupted the match. Balls eliminated New Jack with a nutcracker sweep, thank God. New Jack lasted about three minutes. Axel finally beat Balls after numerous chair shots, with the final being a trash can on Balls' head. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite note of all of them they hug after the match. Well fought, sir. (laughs) 
RVD. Okay, so now <laughs> Rob Van Dam comes out. His ovation is once again just through the roof. Um, the clash of styles here between RVD and Balls is awesome because we haven't seen RVD wrestle this type of match. And quite honestly, Balls has control over most of this match. And they, they, I still don't understand the commentary when it comes to RVD. They always try to make him out to be like he, he's this guy who's just hanging on by a thread. And I'm like, he's proven that he is a superior athlete time and time again. Although this match, Fonzie has to help. You know right. what I mean? Well, I hate right. how they, they label him almost like a chicken shit. I think it's within the next two pay-per-views that that actually changes. And Cyrus has a call that I've always remembered, which is, if God were a wrestler, he'd be Rob Van Dam. So I, I, think, I think that that changes. I, di- I dig how Balls looks like so dominant in yeah. this, and he looks credible. Like, he could be the next guy. He could be. Because, I mean, if he did, I wouldn't have minded to see RVD go after Mike Austin for the world title. Wow, that would that be That was a match we never got. Right. So, oh. uh, as we said, every time RVD looks to get the advantage, this uh, it's Balls' of size. That gets in the way. Which a weird phrase to say. No. <laughs> RVD hits he sits a, on the tits on him, drops him in the toilet water. He hits a Van Daminator out of desperation when Balls has the chair like in hand. But it, he, I think we're all waiting for that spot. The, as many times as Balls had a chair in his hand, like you're gonna get, oh, Van, you're gonna get it. Tailor made for that, right? He, he does the 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 spot his spot the somersault planche off the top rope into the crowd, which I get to know my God out of Cyrus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Balls once again gets the advantage after hitting a New, New Jersey jam for two. He follows up with a ball breaker. He hits a frog splash of his own. It's amazing. Yeah. Only gets two. Somehow RVD hits um, he, he hits a superplex. Mm. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. Fonzie rolls into the ring to get, R- yeah, to get RVD a chair, which I don't know why you need to be so sneaky. It's not like anyone's going to really stop you. Um, rolling thunder on the chair, RVD starts to get the advantage. RVD hits one monkey flip, but gets caught when Trun doing another and gets uh, put into a power bomb. But only for two. He's still That's a good keeps, spot. It's a great spot. Yeah, totally. Walls finally gets his chair and waffles RVD after ducking a Van Daminator. Fonzie breaks up the pin with a chair shot. He throws the chair at Balls, but that does nothing. Uh, Joey tells us Fonzie is about to die as Balls sets up to waffle him. RVD leaps off the top rope and hits a top rope Van Daminator. Or it's you can say it's his top rope kick. I don't. It's it's a Van Daminator. I I, it, I guess because the chairs involved it is, but you know he yeah. does that kick so often without a chair being there. So you can call it it whatever. The chairs yeah. Um. After it's weird. He he pins him. He gets into him. He's like ah fuck it. Five star. Bip. Yeah. Well, the, the commentary is a little weird too. I don't think he has the energy to go to the top rope. Oh well, shit. I was wrong. But um, RVD hits the five star. Gets the win. Um. Afterwards, Balls grabs his chair. RVD grabs one too. <laughs> And but then they he tosses it and nice moment to close the show with uh, with them hugging. So um, the, the the story in this match is good. It's a good it's a good way to contrast RVD and Jerry Lynn. Mm-hmm. Whereas like it's a different R- match. Yeah, I like the RVD's kind of on the defensive most of the match, and you can play up the oh he was preparing for Johnny Smith, which I laugh at thinking because. <laughs> What what does one really need to do? Prepare for Johnny Smith. Obviously, a chair shot took care of him pretty quick, so that's okay. But um, the re all right, I'm giving this a seven and a half. And the only reason I give is I feel like I, I guess from an audience point of view, like I felt so tired 
by the end of the, the end of this match based on like all we had seen already. Right. We'd seen some great stuff. And it's not to take away from this, but the thing it felt like though was that th- this was a tad misplaced. This needed to be before that main of or before the world title match. And I just felt like everybody was just kind of gassed by the end of it. But I love how I, it, it puts balls in a good spot for the future, I hope, because he looked great in a, a very marquee matchup against RVD. Jason, where do you put the match, and do you like it? Okay, well, I'm, I'm a little conflicted because because it's the TV title, I don't have a problem with there being a championship defense without a buildup, but it is the main event of the pay-per-view as far as the original matchup where it's supposed to be him versus Johnny Smith. Um, who, before they said, and I had noticed the Union Jack on his back, Johnny Smith looks is like a cowboy hat away from being Texas the wrestler. Yeah. That outfit that he's wearing. Um, and the fact we know nothing about him. But yeah, he's he's easily dispatched. He's done. Axel does his thing. And when I looked at the timestamp to see how long this had, I'm like, are we really going to get a 24-minute Axel Rotten match? <laughs> no, excuse me, Balls Mahoney match? Um because I didn't think he could do it. And then he goes out there, and, you know, they start telling uh, his story. Like, yes, he was a – of course, everyone is. Everyone, oh, he was an amateur wrestler. And then they talk about how he was banned from being able to compete in high school because he accidentally snapped the kids back and then punched a ref in the face mm-hmm. for getting onto him. So that you build up like, oh, well, this guy used to – like, you know, he had his stuff taken away from him from an accident. He's going to show out. And he does. Like, that, the belly-to-belly that he hits early on in the match looked fantastic. Like, it looked better than some of Scott Steiner's. Yeah, and yep. and it was it was like you said it's a really great to see Rob Van Dam in a match like this versus what we've seen the last few times where it's fast pace fast pace fast pace hardcore hard hitting spot stuff where it's now it's Rob Van Dam on the defensive most of the time and taking a big beating. The one thing though is that I get kind of tired of balls constantly grabbing people's beers. And yeah. drinking them and hitting that's each other, it's spot. a little yeah, I too get, much. Yeah. I, that's a good I That's spot on by it. Because, yeah, I, he does it. He does it like multiple. Like, if you do it one time, I think it's it's fine. But when you start getting to three or four times, you know. But what you when rate? to 12. Yeah. Because huh. I started counting. It gets bad. And then also, it's gross, too. I mean, like, if you want to do that, that's fine. But don't do that and then spit that in my face. Yeah. You know, like, that's yeah. the one thing I have an issue with. Um, it's as far as everything goes, like when it's all said and done, um, fantastic match. You know, I'm jokingly saying because a lot of Collins' notes ended with they hug at the end, and in this match they hug at the end. So ECW is a very huggy place. Um, it's like Fight Club, man. We just get our stuff out and feel better. But overall, this I'd give this match a solid seven and a half. Okay, seven and a half. Okay, Martin, how about you? Um, yeah, I liked it. It's just that it felt. All uh, most of the steam uh, of this pay per view, particularly with the crowd, felt to have drained away after the the world title match, especially something as as flaky as this. Thank God, you know, Balls and RVD managed to put something good on, but I think even the crowd were getting frustrated. At one point, there was a chant of "We can't see shit" when they started brawling in the yeah, crowd. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. I so that. I think a lot of people were getting a, kind of pissed off and were wanting it to end. It's still a seven. It's still very good, but this might have been an eight if it wasn't for the if it hadn't have come after the the three way dance world title match. Gotcha, Charlie. What did while you're tabulating over there, real quick? I can what was stop. Um, 
No, I don't need that. Okay. <clears throat> At least not right now. It's a good match. It's not as good as I remember, but it's still a, a, a pretty good match. I mean, it's Rob Van Dam, and uh, this is probably this is Balls Mahoney's best match, probably that I can think of. And I like that he controls most of it because I don't think I'd buy it if Rob Van Dam was in control of this match. I mean, just purely based on the size difference and the fact that they talk about Balls' amateur background, uh, it's um, it definitely feels last second. I don't know, even know if that's how they planned it. I think it would have been better if they'd built this up a little bit. But it's good. And Balls Mahoney, I mean, he's very agile. I, I love that um, that spinning wheel kick he does to Rob Van Dam where they both oh, the go over the top rope. rope. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. It's kind of like a more athletic version of Mick Foley's clothesline over the top rope yeah. spot. So, yeah, the five-star frog splash looks a little different. I think uh, I think it's because Balls sat up too much to catch him and Harvey ended up just rolling off of it, you know. But, let's see, I think, uh, oh, the, yeah, the monkey flipped into the powerbomb. Oh, <laughs> when Rob Van Dam was down and Bill Alfonso, like, sprayed water on him. And he's like, well, that didn't seem to do anything, so he's just unconscious and wet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Rob Van Dam. But, no, it's a good match. I'd give it a seven. Okay. So, I, how close are you to? Oh, I, I just got to tally up two okay. more things. So, I I know where this is going to head with these ratings. I know what's going to happen. This um, and the reason I say it's it. One thing I saw was cool was I looked at um, Meltzer has like at least, I think it's four matches at a rated three and a half or higher. Oh, out of five, I do too. Which is really good. Like that tells you like when you look at that. This show is amazing. I remember Mooneyham wrote about this show. Oh, did he? The week after and said it was one of the greatest pay-per-views he's ever Colin, seen. Colin has it in his top five. That was something he mentioned also in of his notes. Of all time? Of our VCW show. Oh, absolutely. It's, it is a... And, and, and I guarantee what's about to happen is our rank our ratings are not going to reflect that the, because... They're interesting. I'll yeah. give it that. It, the, um, I guarantee the two segments, the, the clusterfuck with all the flunkies and... Uh, Chris Chetty's injury and all that, and then the tag team title thing is going to really... It's probably going to... I'm a little bit... Does it take it under Heat Wave, you think? The Heat Wave rating? Do I think it's worse than Heat Wave? No, no, just numbers-wise, will it take it under? Because I don't think oh, any of us no. would say it's worse no. than Heat Wave. No, it won't. It won't do that. Because, I mean, offhand, I think all of us would say... What's really interesting about our ratings, is we're all... This is the closest we'll ever come. Okay. Like, to all being alike. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So... All right, here we go. Okay. Will, you and me have the exact same opinion of this show. Okay. It is a 6.3 okay. for both of us. That's the highest. The lowest goes to Martin, 6.14. Okay. And Jason is right in the middle with a 6.28. 6.28, okay. So, like, that's really and uh, And uh, Cage Match had it 7, right on the dot, 7.0. That's where it was written. And, and I... Th- I think it's a bummer because if you take away that crap, the show is easily close to – it could be close to 10. Well, yeah. Could I, be. I, if, you, if you don't count match-wise, I, I, I'd give this like an 8.5 or a 9. Yeah, it's a really good mm-hmm. show. So, um, and But this is just based on matches. So. Right, right, right. So, yeah, our, our overall score, uh, 6.2. 6.25. So – And Cage Match gave it a 7? Yeah. Does it, how, I mean, Charlie, do, do you mind if you did it again without the clusterfuck? Does that, how much does that improve our score? Well, Very I know, much. Yeah, I mean, I know when I did it for my own before we did the show, I went up by at least 
two points. And like I said, I would not include that if it wasn't such a big part. No, I agree. It's longer I, than some of the matches that no, are on. No, I, I agree with keeping them. I, I do. It's just unfortunate the one thing, the one side effect of that is going to be what happens um, in terms of the overall rating. But so good show though. Passing the torch moment. We're mm-hmm. onto a new era in ECW. So our next show we're going to be getting is uh, November to Remember, live from Buffalo, New York. It's going to be fun. Ooh. Yeah. So um, in terms of plugs and everything, Jason, you got anything going on? No, nothing going on, but I think it would be cool if uh, we got some – it would just be fun to go along with your project about wanting to do some of the good bits with YouTube videos – uh, some listener art with some of our bits. I think like Mayoko drawings would be fun. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Yeah. You know, Ultimo Warrior bits. Don't forget, you know, if you've got 2K, any of, you know, 2K17 with its crowd upload stuff, put it, let us know it's there. We'll plug it um, so people can yeah, see it. Just in, yeah, in the community tags, just stick like hashtag MBR or something. Yeah, and because you can do it. They have a really a decent search engine, believe it or not. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that would be pretty fun to do. You know, let's all get it. And don't forget, I guess the biggest plug is let's get back to getting us some reviews on iTunes. Yep. Because I think we could, you know, we I've listened to a lot of stuff that's in various ratings of different type of podcasts. And, and you know, we appreciate what you guys do. Just put us there some more, I guess. Sound like a beggar, but I don't care. I talk about on iTunes, just... just Leave your best Mayoko. Do that instead. Yeah. Don't yeah. even. Don't even. Just give yourself five stars under our name and just say what's your best Mayoko moment. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Put yourself over Axel Rotten. Just do it anyway. Okay. Okay. So Martin, how about you, man? Um, as always, um, wrestling toy reviews up at falsyaronline.com. That's pretty much it. Because by the time this goes on, I'll probably be balls deep in the second term of my. Uh, Rehabilitating writing class. I got you. Ooh. Nice. Very good. Charles. Same as last time, because it's the same day. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna get the movie podcast going here shortly. Uh, got the new computer. Need to get a mic. That's pretty much it. Nice. Uh, guys, continue to follow us on Twitter at New Blood Pod. Uh, check for any updates we're gonna be having. They'll be coming out based on if we get once we have some more YouTube content. Uh, we're on Facebook, New Blood Rising Podcast. I'm at William Rankin eighty three. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. I'm at CM underscore Stabs. I'm at the uh, at Bunny Suicida. And we will see you guys for November to remember nineteen ninety nine. Like me.